Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's edition of Kane Sport Live is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. If you know who's going to win the game, it's time to put your money where your mouth is at MyBookie.ag. As a loyal listener of Kane Sport Live, MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code Canes to activate the offer. Expert or rookie, you got to check out MyBookie. Sign up today. Not in the AP, not in the coaches poll, and not in the college football official rankings that were just released this evening. All of which put the Pitt Panthers that Miami, I would say, decimated, ripped apart, pick your adjective, just a couple weeks ago at Hard Rock Stadium. They're the top 25. The Miami Hurricanes are not. Not a single Miami player came close to being voted to the first team on the all-ACC team that was released yesterday. Coach Mark Rick tweeted out his annoyance on Monday when the team was released. Relevance and respect will have to wait for a new season. But that doesn't even begin to diminish what a fifth straight win and Miami's first bowl victory since 2006 would mean to the Canes Nation 
and the program in general. Miami will find out its bowl destination on Sunday. The Russell Athletic Bowl in Orlando and the Tax Slayer Bowl in Jacksonville are the two leading candidates to choose the Hurricanes. But as we wait, there is some business to be tended to tonight on Kane Sport Live as we discuss the season, we discuss recruiting, and we discuss whatever else comes to mind. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest two to three hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have over 100 open phone lines, as usual. Plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Same system. You hit the number one on your keypad. That sends us a prompt that you'd like to come on the show. We put you in the queue. We'll bring you on in the order that you land in that queue. Um, just a note to those of you who like to listen to the show every week, um, our call-in phone number um, is going to be changing next week. So make sure you check on canesport.com. We always post um, on the front page the link to Canesport Live. And on that uh, post, we will list a new number. Uh, so when you want to listen to next week's show, um, there will there will be a new number. The six four six five nine five two zero four eight number that we've used for so long is being changed because our provider uh, is changing. So they're changing the phone number. Don't ask me why, but that's the way it's going to be. So we have to adjust. And therefore, if you have the number programmed into your phones, just make sure that you check on canesport.com next week. We'll post a new number and move on from there. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. There were a lot of them, and uh, I'll go through them right now. Um, A lot of really good topics and questions were submitted. Will Jermaine Grace be able to rejoin the team for spring of the 2017 season? The answer to that is no. Um, when you're suspended, you don't get to take a redshirt year as your suspension. Um, otherwise, the NCAA feels, what's the point of being suspended? Where's the penalty? So this was going to be Jermaine Grace's senior year as a player. And even though he's only played four, his eligibility will be up. And uh, his only choice will be to go into the NFL draft. And I suspect he'll do that. And I think once Jermaine Grace goes and works out for the NFL scouts, uh, I don't know that he'll be a high draft pick, but I do think there's a decent chance that he will get drafted in the NFL draft. Can we verify who is scheduled to have redshirted this year? Well, we've got five freshmen on that list. Quarterback Jack Allison, tight end Giovanni Haskins, defensive back Jeff James, offensive lineman Trey Johnson, and defensive lineman Tyreek Martin. All the other freshmen in the recruiting class saw the field in their first year. Something that we would anticipate will be the case probably again next year. Um, I think you'll see the majority of the recruiting class play in their first year. The Miami roster just simply is not at the point yet where you're going to see, unfortunately, because I, I do, you know, you know what my opinion's been on this for several years now. I feel that Miami goes around in circles a lot 
because it, it, it doesn't redshirt freshmen. And, and, and there certainly were a few this year that played that maybe could have redshirted. Um, you know, Deontay Mullins is one that certainly comes to mind. Um, but you also have to understand coaches are trying to win right away. Mark Richt went into this season fully expecting to compete for the ACC Coastal title. And it was all hands on deck. And that's why they were willing to play their freshmen. And that's why they're out on the road right now. And those of you that follow recruiting on canesport.com know what I'm talking about. You've been seeing all the stories. This is a coaching staff that gets after it in recruiting in a nasty way with swag. They tweet every step of the way. They send you pictures. You get to monitor what they're doing. And uh, they're working real hard out on the recruiting trail. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that tonight, and we'll continue continue to see where the fruits of their labors take them. Obviously, an enormous amount of interest, not just on the Sport message boards, but in general, on where the Hurricanes are going to go play their bowl game this year. Here's what I could tell you, and here's and I'll just break down for you how it works. If Clemson wins out and wins the ACC championship this Saturday when they play Virginia Tech, they're going into the college football playoff. Okay? If, if Clemson were to lose and get upset by Virginia Tech, it throws everything up in the air. And everything I'm about to tell you is subject to change. But assuming Clemson does beat Virginia Tech and they go into the playoff, then the Orange Bowl gets, its, gets the next pick of ACC teams, and my guess is they'll be picking between Louisville, and they might give Florida State a look. You know, for some reason, Florida State has stayed in very good favor, even though they've lost three games like everybody else. I don't quite understand this. I mean, they're ranked number 12 in the college football rankings. I mean, um, ahead of a lot of teams with, with, with three losses, um, but the people that do rankings, they still like Florida State. So, I mean, I think when you look at the head-to-head and the way Louisville you know, beat the living daylights out of Florida State in that head-to-head matchup earlier in the season, I think the Orange Bowl, um, considering that you know, Mar Jackson is likely to be the Heisman Trophy winner, would probably pick Louisville to come to Miami and play in the Orange Bowl game, even though they also have three losses because of um, their late-season swoon. Um, so I'm, I'm – anticipating that the Orange Bowl at that point is going to take Louisville. So the third pick this year is going to go to the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, the Citrus Bowl. They call it the Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Now, you'd say, ooh, that might typically go to Virginia Tech because they'd be the loser of the ACC championship game. Except for one thing. Virginia Tech played in Orlando this Saturday. Their fans, their school, the people in Orlando, they don't want Virginia Tech to come back three weeks later and play in a bowl game in the same stadium where they just played in the ACC championship game. So I think Virginia Tech will go elsewhere. I think that Buffalo Wild Wings will take Florida State or Louisville, whoever the Orange Bowl does not take, for that game in Orlando. And then up next would be the Russell Athletic Bowl, also in Orlando. Now, for the same reason, I don't think they'll take the Hokies. And that would leave Miami 
in my opinion, and this is my opinion, um, um, it, it's an educated opinion based on conversations with a lot of people in the know, but it is just an opinion, and I want to qualify it as, as such because this could all change over the weekend. But I believe that would leave Miami to go to the Russell Athletic Bowl in Orlando to play a Big 12 team. Okay, Now, let's say it, it plays out differently. Let's say Virginia Tech beats Clemson. Everybody slides. Um, then Miami slides to Jacksonville to the Tax Slayer Bowl, in my opinion. Um, they definitely won't drop below Tax Slayer. Uh, so that's the way I see the bowl scenario playing out. I think I would, I would – if Clemson wins, I think Miami will go to Russell Athletic. If Clemson loses, I think they'll go to Tax Slayer in Jacksonville. Again, that's just an opinion. What's going on with the Hurricane basketball team, the poster asks. Well, I I think those of you who have been watching the struggles that they had in Orlando at that Advocare tournament, I think you're seeing that Davon Reed is really struggling in his new role as the guy. Okay, last year, you had Angel, you had Sheldon McClellan, they were the guys. Okay, this year, Davon Reed is the guy, and I think you're seeing him struggle a little bit in that role. His shooting has been way subpar. Um, he just he looks like a shadow of himself, and uh, the, the key to this team getting itself straightened out is going to be getting Davon Reed going and being a big-time player, scoring 15 to 20 points a game, and and you know, being accurate with his three and, and, and spreading the defense. And um, I think they got to improve their spacing. Um, but, you know, Davon Reed to me is a big key for this team. If they're going to be a, 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 I don't want to say a contender because I don't think they're going to contend for the ACC title this year, but if they're going to be one of those top six, seven, or eight ACC teams that's going to get invited to the NCAA tournament, it's going to be because Davon Reed is the man. Okay. And, and so far this season, he has not been the man. And there's a lot of guys who are great as number three options on teams. And then when you ask them to be the number one option, they don't handle it real well. So I'm a big believer in Davon Reed. He's a great kid, great character, has been a phenomenal citizen on the Miami Hurricanes basketball team for the past three years. Um, he works very hard. And you know, right now I'll bet on Davon Reed to get his act together. But that's not the only problem. Jaquan Newton, who's been spectacular as a scorer so far this year, is not a true point guard. And there isn't a true point guard on the roster, which means nobody's getting assists. The ball's not moving. Other guys aren't scoring. So you have bad ball movement, bad spacing, an offense that isn't working, the go-to guy who can't get anything to go in the basket. And uh, that's why the team's struggling here in the early stages of the season. Um, I'm sure they've been hard at work in practice the last couple days. they got a big game tomorrow night in the ACC, the Big Ten ACC Challenge against Rutgers at home. Uh, We'll see how they show up tomorrow night. Updates on David Njoku, Brad Kaya, and Joseph Yearby going pro. Well, uh, there are no real updates yet. There's been a lot of speculation about Yearby. But nothing official has come out yet. Here's what I can tell you about Yearby. He's got a couple kids. He's got a lot of financial responsibilities under a lot of stress in that regard. Really not a lot of upside to coming back next year. He's definitely going to be behind Mark Walton. 
He's going to be slugging it out like he did this year with Gus Edwards to be number two. Now you're going to have Travis Homer in the mix as well. And uh, it's kind of precarious for Joe Yearby. And, um, I, you know, I think that the reality that he might go into the NFL has become very apparent here down the stretch of the season. And I think that's part of the reason why you saw Gus Edwards playing so much. You know, I think it became important that the coaches get Gus Edwards going and, and, and get some playing time this year. The other thing is you don't want Gus Edwards to transfer because he's frustrated um, because he didn't play very much this year. So, you know, I think that that's part of what was at play. Um, some speculation that, that, you know, there might be some other minor reasons that Yearby kind of fell behind Edwards. But I think that's that's a large gist of it. And um, as far as David Njoku, um, sources that I have that are close to him have told me that he is leaning towards going pro. That doesn't feel that there's necessarily a lot of upside left for him in the college game. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, no official decision's been made there yet. Basically, what's going to happen is that Mark Rick's going to be involved. The coach is going to be involved. They're going to get the NFL involved. The players apply to an NFL committee to advise them on where they're likely to get drafted. So all this will be taking place here over the next few weeks and uh, before anything becomes official. Same with Brad Kaya. Um, my instincts are that Brad Kaya will come back for his senior season. I think that right now for him to go out would be very risky. Uh, I think there's a wide difference of opinion on him in the NFL as for his readiness uh, to be a first-round draft pick right now. I think if he comes back, works for another year under Mark Richt, gets better next year, more polished, works on his on his footwork and his his pocket presence and all the little things that we saw break down from time to time this year, that next year Brad Kaya would be much better positioned to be a first-round draft pick with greater assurance that that would happen. Um, so if I had to make a bet right now, it would be that Brad Kaya will come back. But again, nothing official there. His family and he are weighing all of their options. All right, I'll get back to more of these topics as the show goes on. Um, I'll mix them in, I promise. Um, but I didn't want to just ramble on and on here. I want to get start getting to some of your phone calls. Again, the number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out to the 845 where our man Greg has made sure that he's number one this evening. He got into the queue a full 12 minutes before the second caller tonight, and therefore he's kicking us off on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Greg? Great, Gary. How are you? Doing good, doing good. All right, let's start off with the game last week. I thought um, Kaya played well. He didn't get any pressure. He, He was under no pressure at all. But the one thing I'd like to see eliminated is this run-pass option where Walton, half the time touched before he gets the ball, are already tackling him because they know Kai is not going to carry the ball. I, I don't see where that's Kai at all. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest the- with you. I, I haven't been a big fan of that myself. Uh, it's It's worked at times. It hasn't worked at other times, but – you know, I agree with your point. You know, I think it's a, it's obviously a, a, a very good one. And I also agree with your first point that he wasn't really harassed very much in the last game because in stunning fashion, 
the offensive line the last couple weeks with Gall at center, Gauthier at guard, and McDermott at tackle played spectacular football. And I can't explain it. Don't even ask me to try. But they really did. They played great. Now, obviously, Greg, a lot of it's you know matchups week to week. It doesn't mean that those guys would have held up any better over the course of a long season. But the last couple of weeks, they were great. Right. Okay, next. Concerning the Joker, when you see these plays that he makes, he's so underutilized. Where was he against Florida State? Where was he against North Carolina? Where was he against Notre Dame? The guy's a match. Nobody can guard this guy. It's ridiculous. I got to agree with you on that one, too. I think he's going to be a star in the NFL. You know, I think he's going I, to be I, like I, Jimmy Graham. Nobody can I agree. guard this guy. I agree with you, Greg. You know, I, you know, I, I, I think that, that if you're looking and evaluating the season, that – the underutilization of David Njoku, who for, for a large part was used mostly on bubble screen type plays, um, was one of the failings of the team, uh, you know, in, in terms of the offense. And, uh, you know, I, I think there was an urgency to get the ball to Stacey Coley the whole year. Uh, without question, Stacey Coley was the go-to guy in the passing game. And obviously, Amon Richards emerging the way he did. He commanded a lot of footballs. Um, obviously, Mark Wallen was the focal point of the running game, but I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, you're 100% correct that um, Njoku had the physical capability of having a much bigger season than he did. Now, you know, I don't know how that plays into his decision. Okay, now, does his brother coming here have any effect on him staying or his brother not coming here if he leaves? Do you think there's any correlation in that? Uh, we haven't heard that um, one way or the other, uh, that his brother would, would not honor the commitment if David left. Uh, would certainly be something we'd look into if, if the issue becomes pertinent. Um, right now it's really not. But I just, uh, I just want to say years ago, I remember on the message boards, everybody was laughing at this three-star from New Jersey, Njoku. The guy's a stud, and his brother might be just as good. You don't even know. So, yeah, uh, I can't remember what I don't remember what coach found Njoku, but whichever one did. I think that, it was, that was D'Onofrio. A, and it Golden. might have been D'Onofrio, yeah. That's a hell of a find, I'll tell you. Right. Now, the next, my next point is, I've got guys here, Mahoney, Jones, Milo, Loftus, Henley, Mays, and McCray. If they left, nobody would even know they ever played here. They can easily be locked off the roster, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think some of them will be. Okay. All right. Now, summing up, summing up the season – we were. Do you know that we, Miami was favored in 11 of the 12 games they played this year? I believe it. So wouldn't you call this a disappointment in overall, even yeah. though there was some progress at the end? Yeah, I, I mean, think they should have won at least 10. 
I think Mark Rick's disappointed. I, I think he's disappointed. I mean, er, er, you know, he's a very blatantly honest guy. I mean, he pointed at himself. He didn't wait for He pointed at himself in his last press conference the other day that Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech won the Coastal in his first year. And he said he expected to win the Coastal in his first year. Yeah, I think he's disappointed. I think he knows that there's some things there in the middle of the season that even he as the head coach could have done better to help you know, deliver another victory or two in those games. Um, you know, I mean, listen, he, he went through a transition year. And transition years can be tough on, on, on coaches sometimes. It's not an excuse. It doesn't have to be tough. I mean, you know, you saw Fuente survived it, you know, even though they lost a few games also. But, you know, he survived it a little better. Now, they had a softer schedule. You know, they didn't play Florida State or Clemson or Louisville. But, um, right. but you know, still, if the bottom line is he got it done. And uh, I think Mark Richt recognizes that. I think Mark Richt's disappointed that he wasn't able to do the same thing. But there's no do-overs, Greg. You, you, you can't go backwards. And all they can do is, is finish the way they've been finishing. I think Miami's been one of the steadiest teams in the country over the month of November. And this bowl game that's going to come up next month, it's huge, huge for this program. They haven't won a bowl well, game since 2006. Right. I would like to see them play Georgia or Tennessee. I think we could beat either one. Georgia well, Tech they, just beat Georgia last week. Yeah, if they go to Tax Slayer, I think that, that, that that's a possibility. You could see one of those couple, two, couple teams. Okay, if my they last go, point. If they go to Russell Athletic, though, they're going to get a Big 12 team. Okay, whatever. All right, my last point is out of these 11 seniors that are leaving, I believe six of them may play in the NFL. Coley, Elder, Isidora, Vogel, Colbert, and Jenkins. Do you agree with that? 100%. And the other five I don't think are going to make Yeah, Yearby would get drafted late, probably, if Yearby goes out. But I wasn't counting him as a – I wasn't counting him as a senior yeah, I know. guy. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out. Right. There. If the joke goes out, he'll be the first Hurricane drafted. I agree. I think he, I'd love to see my Giants draft the Joker. I'd love to see it. Anyway, I just one last thing in recruiting. You think we have a shot at Henderson? Yeah, I do. You know, I think it's, I think it's a fluid situation. You know, I don't Normally think it's. I, I think they got a better shot at Edwards. I, I think there's a better chance that Edwards comes than Henderson, but I think they got a shot. And what about Slayton and uh, the other guy, Herbert? You like Herbert? Slayton? I don't feel real good about. Herbert, I do not feel real good about. Um, everything that we're hearing right now is that he's going to stick with Michigan. Uh, Slayton, you know, we'll see. They're both going to be. They're both, All right, Gary, thank, yeah, thank you again be, for having me on. I'll talk to you whenever the next show is. All right, Greg. Yeah, we'll do one next Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk okay. about the bowl game. We'll talk about the bowl game, more recruiting next Tuesday. Um, All right, then we'll, then, thank right, you. Then we'll probably take a week or two off. All right, Greg. Okay. Thank you as always for getting us started. Uh-huh. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the six seven eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Hi, Gary. Who's this? Oh, 
Hi, this guy is Jackie. Hey, what's up, Junkie? How you doing this week? Hey, I'm okay. Um, I had a couple questions about the uh, with the um, ACC. Um, only one player being um, second team ACC. Do you? I'm I'm thinking all this is backlash from Duke game. You know, after ESPN and everybody said, you know, Miami should. Um, Forfeit the game because they know that um, I won't say Johnson, Jaquan Johnson, knee was down. Whoever you know, and all the clips, the blocks in the back. Do you think that that has something to do with what's going on with, especially with the North Carolina play, where the security the ball was no. like on the ground? No, you I don't. Think I really they they Listen. they said hey. Listen. They had an opportunity. Well, I guess they said we had an opportunity, but we were like, no, we're not going to forfeit the game. Because I mean, it's just like stuff like that. That's kind of like blatant, like you know. Let's let, let's be honest with ourselves for a minute, okay? And, and by us, I mean you know everybody who's listening. You know, let, let's take our, our the orange and green colored glasses off, and let's say let's just start with the defense and. As great of a job as Manny Diaz did, and I thought it was one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen in in 35-plus years of covering the Hurricanes of college football. I I can't remember uh, where a coach single-handedly did this type, you know, did a job like this, you know, where the – the, the mountain was was so steep to climb, and, and it was unbelievable. But let's be honest, okay? Who was the who would you say was the best player on the defense? We'd probably say Cornelder, right? Um, you know, the, the, the in terms of what? Well, that's what. Yeah, I mean, you, you could look at it a lot of different ways. But if you were nominating for All ACC, you'd probably you know you'd it would it would probably be. He'd be the first one you'd probably throw out there, right? It would probably be Cornell. Uh, um, or and, either Jenkins or either Quarterman. I mean, they, Mike Pinkney stayed on the ESPN list all year, was one of the top freshmen. Um, Shaq and Jenkins led the team. Uh, you, could, you could put either one of them, um, even with our uh, DNs, you know. Okay, but what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm saying is these guys aren't, they're they're just they're not wholesale names to all these people all over the ACC that but you know the, vote that vote on this stuff and I'm not making excuses for them by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to explain how this happened and and how you know they put out this all ACC team and didn't include you know the Hurricanes on it and uh, you know I I I just I think that. Even still, as great of a season as Miami had, because of all the rotation and because of of you know the fact that these guys aren't established, you know people on the outside looking in are saying, "Where are the impact players? You know, where where are the first round draft picks? There's not one guy on that defense that's going to get drafted uh, that would get drafted today." Today, as we sit here, higher than the third round. So, uh, you know, are I, you I think, talking about in terms of because they're freshmen and they haven't? Yeah. Played, now, obviously, you, obviously, we could say that McIntosh and Norton and you know obviously have a lot of potential. And you look at the linebackers 
have a lot of potential. definitely will be first uh, first uh, you know first three round picks. Um, e- even if you go into the back, the secondary, uh, a kid like um, Young, a kid like Jaquan Johnson, <laughs> like small corner man, he's not going to be high draft pick. And and you know the, so the thing I'm saying is that to to the people on the outside, they just there's just not that kind of buzz, and that's how it happened. Now, is it fair? Is it right? You know, did 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 they deserve greater recognition on what they accomplished this year, being as quality of a defense as they were? Yeah, they did. But to the outside world, they're not sitting there saying, "Oh man, Corn Elder's better than Tavares McFadden, who I believe led the nation in interceptions." Right. That that would be justifiable right? if he right now. Yeah. Know, and then the other cornerback is the Tankersley kid from Clemson. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I watched him extensively this year, but, you know, uh, you know, the, a kid from Clemson that's winning the ACC every year is going to get the benefit of the doubt over a, a kid at Miami where they just lost four games again. And then, you know, that's, just, right. that's how it happens. I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I didn't watch every individual player to that degree to where I can give you an educated opinion on whether Corn Elder's better than McFadden or Tankersley, but you know, it is what it is. And then at the same time the guy from Clemson the tight end is like um a Mackey uh, finalist, but Najoku stats knocking his out the you know, if you wanna if we wanna go by the team that's winning or you going by player for player, like for player for player, we have players who out who's out doing teams, so to speak, guys who have you know, have a better team overall and they have decent stats on that team, but we have guys whose stats are, like, knocking theirs out the water, but they're still getting, you know, all this recognition, I guess, based off what everybody else is doing instead of what they're doing individually. Because if you go down the stats and you go across the board and look at some of our players and look at some of the players who's getting all the, you know, the the accolades, so to speak, uh, recognition, we have players that numbers are are beating their numbers, and you know it's the same thing. The same thing is going on. But I was more so speaking about you know that too, and then just in general, like it just seemed like it was a just a, a lot going on with the fish. Day. And I thought, to me personally, I always thought that hey, you know when they made the big the big thing coming out the next that Monday after the Duke game and how all Almost everybody was saying, "Hey, Miami should come back and forfeit the game and and do all this." It just seemed like it was like a concentrated effort to be like, "Okay, we have to write this," you know, like if we blew a call, we have to come back and give you a call. It wasn't as bad as the other one, you know. Really, you could have called another call, but you just have to give a makeup call. That's what it seemed like to me. Like that, now that wasn't really the call you should have given them a makeup call with. Like especially with the North Carolina, I think that was just like we will make this Duke situation right by saying, "Hey, you didn't even catch the ball, but we'll we'll award you a touchdown." Then I don't, I don't, we'll go, I don't think so. You don't I don't think anybody. Well, I, mean, I don't think anybody was worried about last season. This season. 
You don't think the way they did no. you see what the, all that backlash from the after the Duke game? You don't think they that was on people's mind? No, not at all. Oh, okay. It was on people's minds oh, the week um, of the Miami also, Duke game because they kept playing it on TV a lot and stuff and talking about it. But other than that, no. Like every commentator in the nation, on uh, every show, basically if they wasn't Miami guys like uh, Dan. You know, they were like, hey, Miami should come out and do what's right and, and forfeit the game and give the game to Duke. Yeah, I, like, yeah but, it, they, but by this year, that was an old story. Nobody nobody was worried about that. And it certainly didn't impact voting for the All-ACC team. Okay. So. Is, All right, Junkie, you got so anything is, else tonight? Yeah, I wanted to know, um, with the balls, you were saying, you're saying that if we don't, if if we get the, the lesser of the two balls, it'll be the Tax Slayer ball. That's um, what I think. That's the I don't think right? I think it was past Tax Slayer. Oh, the Tax Slayer Bowl is a bowl down from the um, Russell Athletic Bowl? Correct. Oh, okay. So it doesn't matter that when the game is played, it's just like the, the quality yeah. of the bowl is determined by what? If we play on December 28th, we play New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. That's all I really want. I was, I'm paying attention to the recruiting now. It's like, I'm thinking Henderson and Edwards will come back into the fall. But I saw Brini taking a trip to Temple, so I guess it's just it's it's I, it's, it's I, him. I don't think Brini's gonna be gonna get gonna get make the cut. I, and I think that's a good decision right. by the coach. I I, I think right. that there's too many issues there, and there's questions whether he's good enough. And um, there's really you know no no reason for Miami to go there. They've got other guys that they're recruiting that that are probably better and safer choices. And um, right. I, I think they feel they're doing so well at the DB position. Um, I'm hearing that DJ Dallas is is going to be an offensive offense. player. I hear he's going to be primarily an offensive player. Yep. Okay. okay. So we'll see. Is, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, that's it. Um, Dingle. What's the deal with Dingle? Is he, Don't is know. he in it, or it out? Looks, it, looks like, it looks like they're looking to lose like – they've been looking to lose him. I don't – you know. I, I don't know what the final verdict is there. Man, all he yeah. does is make plays, yeah. man. All right. Yeah, well, uh, all right. In. Just keep me on. I'm paying attention. Uh, I'll uh, be in. All, all right, John. Right, Thanks for being part of the show, as always. All right, guys. Black Friday is in the books. Cyber Monday has come and gone. And I know there's a lot of you out there that are still looking for that great, unique holiday gift to give to a loved one or a friend or a work cohort. Um, and it's always a, a challenge every holiday season. Well, one of our sponsors has put together a great offer for you guys and, 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 a, and a great gift idea that I think is just phenomenal. And they, they were so co- convinced that I would think it was great that uh, I think I told you last week uh, a big cooler showed up at my front door one day, and in, I opened it up, and inside it had filet mignons and meatballs and chicken breasts and pork chops and all kinds of good stuff. And uh, so I've been like whittling away at it. And I, I, before last week's show, I told you I had the Italian meatballs, which were spectacular. Well, before tonight's show, I decided to have a man's dinner and uh, cooked up a couple of those. Filet mignons, and of course I'm talking about Omaha steaks, and uh, they really, really have great stuff. I don't know how many of you had the chance to try Omaha steaks products through the years, but uh, now that I've had the opportunity, I can tell you they really do 
a great job top to bottom there. And, um, you know, let me tell you about how Omaha Steaks, for only forty nine ninety nine, will put together for you what they're calling a family gift pack. And they'll give you 77% off, and it makes a great holiday gift. And all you got to do when you go to omahasteaks.com and you order that family gift pack is you use the code, the Cane Sport Live code, CSL, and they'll knock 77% off. It'll only cost you forty nine ninety nine. And you'll get a whole lineup of things to give as a gift. And you know, let me just give you a quick rundown. Um, two filet mignons, two top sirloin steaks, two boneless pork, pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, that 12-ounce package of all-beef Italian meatballs that I told you about. And then they give you four potatoes au gratin that are delicious for side dishes. Um, for dessert, they give you four caramel apple tartlets. Um, for people that like to season their steaks, they throw in a seasoning packet. And then, as part of this Cane Sport Live special, they'll even throw in four additional kielbasa sausages for free. So Omaha Steaks offers unique gifts for gourmet food lovers. It's great steak experiences at home, the most flavorful, tender-aged beef, seafood, poultry, pork, veal, lamb. They have veggies, desserts, appetizers, pasta, soups, seasonings, sausage, sausages, and so much more. Um, Why Omaha Steaks? Well, they have over 500 gourmet gift ideas. If you don't want that family gift pack, they've got other options for you um, at this time when you're looking for a lot of different level gifts for for people. They have the highest quality cuts and ingredients, one-of-a-kind flavor, convenient and quick shopping for those on your list. They age all their meats for 21 days to unlock the full flavors of the cuts before they hand trim them and vacuum sealed them for you and they come nicely wrapped if they're very well portion controlled for those that like to be on diets and don't want to eat too much and then when it comes time to cook your food up you can get online recipes they'll recommend wine pairings and so much more so go to omahasteaks.com you enter the cane sport live code csl in the search bar and add the family gift pack to your cart and get a 77 percent savings it's a gift that's guaranteed to be a hit that's omaha steaks and omahasteaks.com the code csl and get that family gift pack for somebody who's close to you and i think you won't be sorry i think they'll love it it's a, it's a real unique gift and i know i've personally been very happy with the gift pack that i got from omaha steaks and uh, so has my whole family so omaha steaks thank you for being a sponsor of cane sport live all right, let's get back to the show. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out to the 706 where you are live on Team Sport Live. What's up, Gary? This is Sebastian. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing, Sebastian? I'm, I'm feeling good, man. good, man. I had my filet mignons for dinner, man. They were, they were Whoa. good. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> living a big life, man. The big, big. They weren't big now, they were, but it's good. I'm trying to lose a few pounds. I gained a few too many pounds during football season. Hey, you can work well, it off in the offseason, you know? Hey, I what just want to say it's good, for us, it's good for us to end off on a four-game winning streak. I think I think we really have to give some credit to Gauthier, number 74. He really stepped up um, on the offensive line playing McDermott. I mean, I, I'm not going to even raise it against the conversation. Uh, the, uh, 
competition they were playing against, but it was just good to see the offensive line hold up. And it gives us some things to kind of ponder that um, if we have a decent offensive line next year and Kaya comes back, you know, maybe the sky's the limit. What do you think about that? I'm not ready to say the sky's the limit, okay? <laughs> I mean, you know, those guys, <laughs> those guys had their ups and downs through the whole year. But here's what I think. Yeah. I think Linder was playing hurt the entire year. I really do. I don't think he ever was right. I don't think that, you know, you remember he missed spring practice and he came mm-hmm. back for the fall. And, I mean, I just thought he was terrible. I, I really, from start to finish, I thought he was terrible. And now that he had to go and, 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 and sit out the rest of the year and, you know, he, he's on the injured list again, you know, I'm questioning whether he ever was really healthy. And, you know, whether he was just trying to be tough and suck it up for the team because, the, you know, he felt the team needed him. And, you know, of course, you know, you only have so many years to play for the Hurricanes, so forth and so on. That's something I'll always wonder, whether Linder was ever right. Okay, so that's number one. But, you know, number two, all those guys have struggled at different points. Yeah. Even Isadora at times struggled. You know, they lost to Dogwoo. Yeah. Um so, you know, I thought, I thought Tyree St. Louis, so St. Louis was, was was one of the bright surprises of the O-line, actually. I mean, even though he's young, I thought he really improved as the year went on. But, yes, you can't understate the job that these guys did the last couple games. And, of course, Gauthier was part of that. And that was a guy that the coaches for most of the year didn't even feel comfortable letting him leave the bench. I mean, he played very little in the early parts of the season. Um, started to get a little time in the middle, but very little time. And that tells you that Stacey Searles just didn't feel comfortable putting him in a game. Well, when he was forced to put him in a game, he delivered. So I think your point is mm-hmm. great. But, but yeah. no, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not personally ready to say sky's the limit for the Miami offensive line. They got a long way to go. They do. But you know, the thing I always look at for the following season is do you have experience at quarterback play? And having experience that quarterback play really says a lot about how your season's going to go. When you're breaking in a brand-new quarterback, most of the times if you're not a dominant team on defense, that's one, two losses right there, just because of inexperienced quarterback play throughout the remainder of the season. I want to transition a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about recruiting because when I looked at the last coaching staff, I never saw D'Onofrio ever out there on the road like being a primary recruiter. But you look at Rick's staff, all those guys are after it. You know, there seems like there's some aggression out there in regards to, you know, the athletes they want to get, the kind of people that their talent that they're scouting out and looking at bringing on board. Do you see that there's a big change in the philosophy and the mechanics of how we recruit? Now compared to how we recruit on the Golden Staff, um, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to disrespect those other guys. I mean, they worked hard at recruiting too. But here's what I'll tell you: this is a young staff. It's a very motivated staff that's fresh into their opportunity at Miami, and they're all very blessed. They all feel very blessed to be at Miami. Every single one of them. You know, Manny Diaz, he's back home. It's 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 about family. His kids can now be with their grandpa. His wife's happy. He couldn't be happier to be at Miami. Kuligowski, you know, considered one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. Now he gets to come work with these the type of athletes that Miami can 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 
deliver and re- and recruit and and work with Manny Diaz and putting this great defense together. Um, Banda, a young hungry hungry coach, Mike Rumpf, getting the coach at his alma mater. Um, you know, these guys are they're, they're young coaches. They're excited. They're they they're appreciative of the opportunity they have. They're all very well paid. You know, Miami's paying their coaches more than they've ever paid their coaches before. I mean, you could just, I could just go on and on and on about all the reasons why this young staff is very hungry and likes to get out there and get after it in, in recruiting, and they like recruiting for Miami. And, 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 and Miami has a product that can sell, and uh, I think that's what you're seeing. I think that's why you're seeing a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of buzz, a lot of positive vibes. And you got to give them credit. You know, it's like, listen, they didn't deliver everything they wanted to deliver on the football field this year. Let's be honest. You know, losing four games was not part of the script. Um, yeah, but if you but had one or two games that, for that, that would do it. Yeah, but, I mean, it hasn't diminished their enthusiasm to go out and make it better for future years. And I'll tell you right now, as great as we think this year's team was at times or whatever, they fully understand that there are not many guys on that roster – that you would put up on the fence around the practice field where they're practicing, where all the great players who have played at Miami through the years have a place on that fence. And there's still, I'm not sure there is still a guy on this team that would displace anybody on that fence. So as, 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 as much progress as we feel the Hurricanes made this year and as positive as we want to be about this season, this roster can still get a lot better to get back to the point where you've got all Americans, where you've got guys that without question are going to be on the, forget the first team ACC, getting back to being first team all Americans, first round draft picks. Miami's not going to have a first round draft pick this year. You know, you you see what I'm saying? So, you know, these guys are out there working it in recruiting. And somebody made a comment today on the message board where they were looking at a defensive end. I can't remember who it was. And um, somebody made the comment, what are they looking at defensive ends for? Uh, we've, got, we've got plenty of defensive ends. Yeah, you've got plenty of defensive ends. You've got Chad Thomas. You've got Trent Harris. You know, obviously Joe Jackson looks like he's going to be great. But, but my point is, like, you think Chad Thomas or Trent Harris is going to be a first-round draft pick, an All-American candidate, an All-ACC candidate? No, neither one of them is going to be. So my point is that every position on this team can get better and be better than, than, than what it is right now. And that's how these guys look to me like they're approaching everything. I, I, you know, Gary, you know what? Saying all of that, I can't disagree. Saying all of that, yeah, I can't that's disagree. Thing. We, we got to look at this thing honestly, man. It's like, and, mm-hmm. and if the coaches don't look at it honestly, this program's never going to get better. So this is in my next. This is my follow-up question. You can put me on hold after that. If you, I mean, if you had a blank check to really, really upgrade the talent roster on our team, just give me five, ten names that you'd like to see in this recruiting class. I mean, when you're talking about really up, upscaling the um, the talent on this team, run it down. Give me five, ten names that you know we can pull this off during the recruiting class. There we at. I don't care if they're committed to other schools, but I'm just telling you, just give me five, ten names that if we could put a pull in this class, you could say, yep, we've upgraded the talent on the roster. 
Well, I mean, listen, uh, let me just comment on guys that we have on the recruiting board that we know are being recruited. I, I, I don't want to cherry pick the best players in America who aren't considering Miami. That makes no, that makes okay. no sense. I mean, you look at quarterback, um, this Nicozy Perry kid to me has a chance to be great. And, you know, he's going to have to do it. He's going to have to develop. But, you know, I think he's a guy with a chance to come in and be a real three- or four-year difference maker for the Miami Hurricanes. I really like him him a lot. Um, you look at the, what, they're, what they're doing at running back, uh, you know, I, I think a little more of a question mark. Uh, I like some of the film I've seen of Anthony McFarland. He's coming off an injury. Uh, we'll have to see how that works out. I think there's a great chance that he ends up at Miami. So we'll see there. Um, receivers, uh, I, I mean, I love the attitude that I see from DJ Dallas, and it looks like he's going to end up playing receiver now. Um, I'm a little concerned, though, about receiver in the sense that it doesn't seem to be going as well with some of the other guys that we looked at and said they could be impact players like Devonta Smith, Jeremiah Holloman. Um, it's looking more and more like Smith is, is falling in love with LSU now that all this time has been going by and he's had more time to think about it. Um, I think the Canes are still in it. Bama's obviously in it. Um, but LSU, I think, is also part of the equation there. Um, that one's looking to me like less and less likely to happen. We'll see if that turns around. Um, Holloman, everything that I'm hearing on Holloman is that he's going to probably go to Georgia. So I don't know that they're going to get Holloman. Um, it looks like they're trying to lose Dingle. So you could be looking at a receiver class of evidence, Nujoku, who looks like a very good, nice prospect to me. Um, DJ Dallas, who would probably get the shot there. And I think that they're going to get Mike Harley from St. Thomas Aquinas as a, as a speed guy. And uh, I'm sure they'd like to get one more that they'll be out there looking for. But, you know, I'm not ready to say that the receiver position is going to be better because you're losing Stacey Coley. So maybe you replace Stacey Coley with DJ Dallas. We don't know how great he's going to be yet. Uh, the signs are very good with him. I, I like everything I see. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see on that one. Stacey Coley's had a pretty career, career at Miami. Um, you know, tight end wise, I like this Palenti kid. Is he better than the Joku? I mean, I don't, I don't know that I'm ready to say that. Uh, but I like what I see on film of Palendi. Um, the offensive line guys now, you know, I think Navon Donaldson has a chance to be great. I really, really like that one. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, I think Dykstra and Hillary are, are a little more project type guys. They're going to take a couple years, but I think Donaldson has a chance to be an instant impact kind of guy, like what you're asking me about. Um, on the D, on the D line, uh, you got to like D, uh, DJ Johnson from California. Uh, he looks like he could be that type of player. But as we've been saying a few minutes ago, defensive end is a very crowded position. Um, how instant is his impact going to be? We don't know that yet. Uh, you know, we'll have to see how he shows up. You know, maybe he shows up and he's better than Chad Thomas. You know, maybe he shows up and he's better than Trent Harris. Uh, that's obviously what the coaches are trying to accomplish. But I can't predict that while the kid's still in high school. Um, I don't see anything at linebacker that I'm willing to say is going to displace what's there right now. Um, at the defensive backs, I, I think you got to hope hope that the attitude of this Trey John Bandy kid from Miami Columbus can translate into performance as a freshman and that he can come in and make an impact. I think Amari Carter at safety has a chance to make an immediate impact at, at DB. Um, if Brian Edwards comes, I think he might have a chance to do so. C.J. Henderson from Columbus, if they can flip him, he might have an opportunity to do so. I think these young defensive backs are, are going to have a great 
have, are going to have the opportunity next year that the linebackers had this year to come in, play right away, and, and be difference makers. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But what, what you didn't tell me, though, as far as all the kids were recruiting, there's no Jeremy Judy. There's no – there's you know, no. I'm, I'm looking – I was hoping that you'd give me that one wow, you know, if we land him on signing day. And I'm not giving up hope on him, but that would be like, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and, and, and I have to honestly – I have to honestly say to you, no, there's not. <laughs> and, and, and that, you know, but I can't call it a disappointment because they're not positioned – to deliver that. And, you know, Mark Richt is positioned to deliver DJ Dallas, who, you know, is a, is a great player from the state of Georgia. He, he was positioned to get him. He recruited him at Georgia, had the relationship. You know, he, he's not positioned to get Jerry Judy, who's really been signed, sealed, and delivered to Alabama for, for three years. You know, I mean, he's best, he's, he was best buddies with the Ridleys, you know, Calvin Ridley. And, you know, I think he's been preordained to go to Alabama for a long time now. So, you know, Mark Rick wasn't positioned to get him. He wasn't positioned to get Grimes, the receiver at St. Thomas, who's going to Ohio State. You know, so I can't. You know, I don't. I don't know that I could call it a negative. I mean, you know, th- these coaches are working hard. You know, they're starting to work hard on 2018 kids, where well, they have been for a while, and they have to win. You know, you have to win. You have to become relevant again in college football if you want to start competing for the best players in the country. I'm with you, Gary. I'm with they you, They have Gary. too many but other I'm options, over- these kids. I am, but I'm pretty pleased overall with how they reconstructed the season, how they recovered the season, you know, because it could went south. We were sitting at 4-4. Four four. It could went south. And to get those last four victories at the end tells me that they made adjustments. You know, they, they, they righted the ship. Um, and that's consistency over four weeks. And if you win a bowl game, you know, you're sitting at nine and four and you're looking back saying, you know, hey, there were some things in this in the middle of the season if we had done a little bit earlier or sooner, who knows what we could have been. Maybe a ten win season. But to get to nine and four in his first year, I don't know if I can really say I'm complaining. We hadn't won a bowl game in ten years, so I don't know what you think about uh, think that, it, but I'm just saying. I, I think eight and four, nine and four be, before the season sounded pretty good. I think that was a reasonable. We talked about it back in August on Kane Sport Live. What's a reasonable ex- expectation? And we all said eight, nine wins, and that's where they ended yep. up. Now, when you go through the season, and somebody noted earlier that Miami was favored in eleven of twelve games, and you look at the competition, and you look at the fact that Notre Dame show up a lot worse than people thought they were going to show up. When you look at the fact that Miami really outplayed FSU by 10 points, if you, you, yeah. know, you look at you look at the game, I mean, if you if you get back the touchdown that was called back, if you get back the interception that Kaya threw in the end zone, and you get back the blocked extra point, that's 11 points. Miami wins 31 to 20. So, mm-hmm. you know, to a large degree, they outplayed Florida State. They should have beaten Notre Dame. Um the North Carolina and Virginia Tech games were certainly not insurmountable situations. And so the reality of the season, you're a little disappointed. But back in August, we all said eight, nine wins. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if we got those two victories, Notre Dame against and Florida State, we're sitting at 10-2, and two, man, we'd be buzzing over here. This would be a yep. different phone call, Gary, if I was talking to you. 
No doubt. We're sitting at 10 to 2, and we beat Florida State. Because, you know, Florida State's success is based on getting South Florida talent. I keep telling you that. You know, their success is based on South Florida talent. I mean, but, man, keep me on hold. I appreciate it, man. Great analysis. But I just want to hear more of what we need to do to just get the program just to that next level. And I think it starts with winning the bowl game. So keep me on hold. I appreciate it, Gary. Thank you. You got it, man. And then, you know, great point on Florida State and South Florida talent. They are actively trying to steal Navon Donaldson from the Hurricanes. And, uh, boy, would that be a tough pill to swallow if that one played out. And uh, he took his mom with him to Tallahassee. And his mom's been a big part of his recruitment to Miami. His mom has been said to be a big proponent for Navon Donaldson coming to Miami. And the fact that he was he took his mom with him to Tallahassee so that she could get to know the coaches up there, she could check out Florida State. It's where Dalvin Cook ended up from the same high school. And maybe some other things went on. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of a cause for concern. Don't want to be an alarmist, but I've been saying all year, hold your breath uh, right up to the very end on Navon Donaldson. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hour number one is in the books, and I think it was a pretty damn good hour number one, so kudos to everybody that's called in and been part of the conversation so far. I like what I'm hearing. So let's go to work now on hour number two, and let's begin in the 754 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? It's Jerome. Hey, what's up, Jerome? How you doing this week? Uh, no, uh, hey man, just uh, you know, Gary, you, when you, I don't really like to get into before the season starts, start counting wins, you know, particularly ever since we've been in the ACC, you know, because uh, it's, you know, it, it's been tough sledding since we've been in the ACC, and when you factor in the fact that uh, the transition year and everything, you know, you you just have to accept. Well, you know the way the way it turned out, man. That you know the caller said before this, they could have went south after, uh, which I think would have happened with the previous regime. Could have easily went south after after that rough uh, month in uh, October. They seemed to, they, you know, they held together and everything. So that's somewhat encouraging, them, you know, moving forward. And, and hopefully, uh, uh, Gary, the, the, I like the recruiting class so far. And once again, Gary, I'm gonna tell you, I was. When I spoke with you last time, we talked about Kevon Dingle. Uh, I went to, up to see them play uh, Mainland the other night. Mainland was 11-0 and coming into that game. Carroll City was 6-4. and And Carroll City went up there, and I mean spanked they behind. Okay? And that, once again, Dingle made plays. Dingle made plays. I'm telling you. They, they could cool off on this kid if they want to. But I'm telling you. Reason why I wouldn't cool off on him if I had to look at it, I look at it the smart way. Kelsey City got a lot of good juniors, a lot of good sophomores. You don't want to, like I told you before, don't bruise no relationship with that school because once you sue some of these schools right here, they start. Hey, they'll they'll easily turn her even in your own backyard. I done seen some of these schools do that. You know, once if if things don't work out or you back off, that kid been committed to Miami for over a year. And to 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 basically uh, dump him like that, I I don't like the thing moving forward as far as with that school is concerned because that that's a that's a talent based school that's a great feeder program over the years with Lester Williams, John Swain, and uh, 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 Santana Moss and 
and, and, and Alan Hearns and, and Kenny Phillips, you can go on and on. We haven't had, we haven't struck out with players from there. And I feel, you know, to, 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 to diss this kid like that, I, I, that, that, that's not, I don't think, I don't think uh, that's going in the right direction. He could be one of the type of receivers, physical, run, run underneath and catch a lot of balls underneath. While you have speed guys, you can still have speed guys. And I think that's what you, you need that compliment of, of speed guys and guys who can run underneath speed guys. What you think? I don't know what's going on there. I got I got to do some work on that and and, and try to figure it out. Um, but when we talked to Dingle, I mean, he says he hasn't really been talking as much as he would have expected to Miami coaches, and um, yeah. he wasn't he wasn't being overly alarmist about it. But um, there's some there's something going on there. Yeah, because they're certainly I, talking I a lot to other kids. His play is. Stepped up even more so ever since the playoffs started and everything. You know, he he's really you know he really up up his game and everything. And then if, if a kid game during that time, Greg, I, I mean, uh, uh, um, Gary, that's the kind of kid I want who can when it's when it's playoff time or when it's stepping up to a big game, if you will. That that would be the kind of kid you want to see step, come in there and play, man, because that's you know he can do it under those circumstances. He can uh. He can uh he could, he he could be a, a guy that can be that can be a uh, a, a, a player that can make some plays that can be very pivotal in a big game, and and that's the kid got the kid can play. I'm telling you, I keep getting more and more impressed as I watch Carroll City. They move further on into the state. They go over and play Charlotte uh, uh, this this uh, Friday, I think it is, uh, Port Charlotte, and uh, I I once again. Wouldn't surprise me if he turned up having another good game and everything. Gary, keep an eye on that quarterback, uh, kid, uh, Marvin Smith. He's 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 a he he got he got he got some good uh, stuff going for for quarterback. I've been watching Carroll City all all year, uh, Gary. And like you said, Gary, I like what you said about uh, Mark Rick that I can accept losing a Jerry Judy because he didn't have time enough to build relationship with that kid or anything like that. So, it, it you know, it won't, won't disappoint me. It takes takes a little while for you to have time like you did with D.J. Dallas up there in Georgia to have him come in and be such a recruiting beast for, yeah, for I this mean, well, When Mark Rick switched from Georgia to Miami, D.J. Dallas came with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting more of those, Jerry, to be honest with you. I was expecting him to bring a few more players of that D.J. Dallas uh, uh, variety, you know, to, to come and follow this program uh, down here because, it, you know, Gary, we're, we're a very fertile uh, a recruiting ground, and you know, I and you you spoke. I'm glad that we got Kulagowski here. He's got to be very excited to to, uh, to turn some of these uh, fine athletes into uh, very good football players for us and everything. So it it, it looked positive uh, for me there. I'm I'm excited about the future and everything and uh and uh the quarterback and the coach is Terry. You know, you're real comfortable about a kid if you're gonna run that play with uh Greg said he wants to get out of there, I wouldn't mind seeing this kid, you know, in the future run something like that because I think he has the skill set for that. Where the mm-hmm. where Kaya basically does not have that skill set. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, another thing, also, Gary, the basketball team—they're watching them too, man. They're just they're, the point guard is 
it's sorely missed. Uh, like you say, there's a lot of standing around. It's tough to uh, for maybe Davon Reed to step into the the role we want him to play, but it, it, he was used to you know point guard play. He was used to very good point guard play. And uh, um, the kid from Philadelphia, Jaquan, I mean, when he get in the paint, Gary, you know, he's looking to score. If he was just more aware of a, of a passer, I mean, he, he would give us something more uh, uh, of a dual threat when he gets in the lane. But, you know, that one thing about it, though, they will improve on the Larinator as the season goes on, though. Yeah, they they usually do, and you know yeah. he'll he'll, fig, he'll figure out what he needs to do to get the offense right. going a little bit. Right, right. He'll too, he'll feel fair. if he can get the front court to step up a little more. I think uh you know they 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 they'll get it together as, as the season goes along. Once again, yeah, Juan Jules it seemed a little intimidated to me. He's not playing as well as he'll play. You know, you know, you know down the road. I'm I'm not surprised though. I'm not surprised with him c- coming in like he did. I you know you know that. College is that next level, especially when he get in the ACC. I, I really gonna, I, I really gonna see him, uh, him a little and more intimidated a little more because you know that's, you know the ACC is, a, is like the SEC in, in, in uh, football. You know he's gonna, he's gonna have some rough nights out there with him. But once he build his body up there, he got a long body. Once he gets his body built up with some conditioning and strength, uh he'll, he'll be a beast though. He'll be a beast. Yeah, I'm only surprised because everyone was talking about him being a possible one and done type of player, and he's not even close to that. So no, 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 not not even not even close to that. But uh, next year they'll have a a point guard in, and that little kid like uh, hopefully you know like oh he's dynamic. Have you watched any tape on him? Uh, you're a basketball yeah. like you're a basketball guy. Yeah. Have you watched tape of likes? Oh my god! Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. unbelievable. He, 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 I mean, he's little. He's he, he can't be more than five seven, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he gets in the lane. I mean, with him coming in with Lonnie, uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna it's it's gonna get even better next year. Yeah, yeah, and I like the big kid that they signed too. The kid from um, I guess it was New Zealand. uh, New Zealand, yeah, big kid from New Zealand. I forget his name, but yeah, yeah. Um, I I like another kid, Dane Zach Zach Dane or whatever his name is, Zach Zach Dane. Yeah, they got him, and he's from. Australia, really from Australia by by way of you know, but uh, we'll 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 see though. We'll see. It's, nice. it's still a long season. We're going to go enjoy it every step of the way, Gary. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, thank you for being part of the show as always. Thank you, Gary, for allowing me to be a part of the show, man. And I look forward to it each and every time. So if you mind, put me on hold, and I shall look forward to speaking with you next week. You got it, man. Have a good night. You too. All right, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 256. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's going on, Garrett? Doing good, doing good. Just chilling with my buddies here. What's, what's Who's this? Yo, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? What you got for us? Another another week that went by, man. You know, we don't want it all over again, so. Glad we didn't want four in a row. You know, I've been able to silence a couple of these uh, Crimson Horns out here, but, you know, they're still hyped up about the postseason that they're about to go into, which I hope is treacherous for them. But uh, back to the Canes, Gary. So is uh, is Yearby really leaving this year? I think there's a pretty good chance. He hasn't said officially yet, 
but I think there's a pretty good chance. I mean, any idea why? You just think he's ready to go? I, I think he's got kids. I think it's not going real well for him. He, there's no chance he's beating out Mark Walton. I mean, you know, right? I mean, when I'm sure everybody agrees on that. I mean, he's not beating out Mark Walton. He's sharing time with Gus Edwards. Travis Homer's got to be in the argument next year for some playing time. It's just, you know, it's not going well for him. And and uh, he doesn't have a lot of upside, so he might as well go see if he can make some money um, And if, if playing football. And if he can't, then, you know, he's got to move on with his life. He's got two young kids to feed. That's what, that's the that's the pitfalls with, of these young kids having babies. I'll, I'll never understand it. I'll never understand why these kids get, get girls pregnant and, and have kids when they're in high school and college. Um it affects everything. I mean, and, and this is a great example. You know, Joe Yearby has the pressures of being a dad and mounts the feed, and it's going to probably inspire him to not stay for his fifth year. Well, man, you always need that degree, though, So especially if you got kids. So, that, I mean, definitely need to get that. But, uh, so you think uh, Gus will be back next year then, you know, with the backfield? With I do, yeah. Homer? I, I, think, I think he will, yeah. Okay, then. Well, that's what's up, man. You know, uh, I'm in a I'm in a Facebook group called We Stand With You. you know, shout out to everybody in that group. Uh, I told everybody in the group, man, that we was going to go ahead and win five in a row to end the season. So that's four in a row, Gary. We only got one more. Uh, hopefully we play a pretty good decent uh, SEC team, so, you know, we can shut a couple of miles down here. Uh, so, any idea on what bowl we may go to? Uh, yeah, I talked about that earlier. Um, I, I think it's the Russell Athletic or the Tax Slayer. If, okay. if Clemson wins the ACC title this weekend, I think that uh, Miami will go to Russell Athletic. Any prediction on who we might play? Uh, I'm pretty sure it would be West Virginia. West Virginia? Ah, oh, shit. Yep. Uh, well, well, what about uh, in the other bowl? We wouldn't. We don't have no Pack chance to play no SEC team? It would be middle of the pack SEC. You know, Tennessee, maybe. Possibly Georgia. Auburn? Possibly Georgia would be in the mix, I think. I think they're bowl eligible. So we'll see. Okay. We wouldn't get a shot at the Auburn Tigers, though? You might. Possibly. You might. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd much rather go to a bowl and, and be the SEC team because that, that's just something that we can put on the resume to uh, just shut a couple of these analysts up and a couple of other fan bases up. But uh, yeah. I, ain't, I ain't got too much else, Gary. You know, just uh, keep me on hold and hurricane for life, man. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, let me take a moment here. We talked a little bit about – Christmas gifts earlier and Omaha Steaks came up. Well, I want to throw out another one for you, and that's our long-standing sponsor on Kane Sport Live, Harry's Razors. And uh, Harry's has this beautiful gift pack that they've put together that for any guy out there that you or, or, or your wife or loved one needs to get a Christmas gift for, um, Harry's Razors might be a good option for you. And, um, you know, what do you love about shaving? Is it the closeness, comfortable glide? Well, what about Harry's limited edition shave set makes it a great gift? Well, I'm going to tell you that, you know, it comes in a beautiful 
box. They've got this midnight blue chrome razor handle that they've put together that you can get engraved with initials. You get three of Harry's German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave, foaming shave gel that smells amazing. It all goes for $30 on harrys.com, and they also offer handles and sets starting at just 10 bucks if you haven't tried Harry's for yourself. So um, if you haven't heard of them before and you haven't heard me talk about them all year on Kane Sport Live, you'll know that Harry's was actually started by two best friends named Jeff and Andy who were fed up with being overcharged for razors, fed up with going into drugstores and having ass clerks to unlock glass cases uh, where they keep these expensive blades because people steal them because they cost so much money. Um, and they wanted to give people what they deserve, a great shave at a fair price. So as a special offer for fans of Kane Sport Live, we've partnered with Harry's to get you $5 off your order when you enter the code CANES at checkout. So you can order some of those $30 gift, gift packages that come in those beautiful, beautifully designed boxes. Um, and you enter the code CANES at checkout, and you'll get $5 off each one you order. And um, free shipping ends on December 9th. So act now. Go to harrys.com to get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last. Don't forget to enter the code CANES for your $5 off. That's harrys.com. You won't regret it. Whoever you buy the razors for will love it. It really revolutionizes the shaving experience. It has for me, and I recommend maybe you get yourself um, a starter set or something and check them out yourself and see how you like Harry's razors. So harrys.com, CANES to check out. They'll give you $5 off those gift boxes, and uh, you can check off a few more notches on your holiday shopping list. All right, the call-in number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go down to the 305, home of the Canes. You're live on Canes Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Good, Gary. How are you tonight? Doing great. Who's this? Adam. What's up, Adam? Welcome back. Thanks. A uh, couple, um, first of basketball notes. Do you see Bruce Brown um, being a one and done? Because he no. looked okay in the Florida. You don't think? Okay. Not even close. No. Going to be a, a nice player. He's a very athletic kid. He's going to help them a lot this year. A one and done, not even close. Okay. And I, you're right. I don't see Shuel as a one and done. I thought maybe when he came on. He did not look good in the Florida game in the when I saw. No. Okay. Um, a couple other questions. One, have you ever seen as active a recruiter as DJ Dallas? In all my years of following Kane's football, and it goes back to the mid-'90s, I've never seen someone as vocal an ambassador for, as, as a recruiter as DJ Dallas. He's after it, man. He's trying. It looks like it looks like Holloman's going to leave him at the altar and go to Georgia. But he's uh, yeah, he's trying hard. DJ, great kid. We love talking to him. Uh, you see, there's an update up on the website now. The coaches were in his house today, uh, visiting him, and uh, it's going to be. I think he's going to be a hell of a player for Miami. I really do. He's got the right attitude, um, you know. When you see yeah. kids that have the right attitude, you kind of know. Like, you know, last year on signing day, I went up to Palm Beach uh, mm-hmm. to 
to cover um, Amon Richards signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we brought it to you live and everything. And, uh, man, I had a feeling about that kid just then, just watching him that day, just how he interacted with everybody at his school, the way they felt about him. Um, and you could see the character his parents had instilled in him. And uh, no surprise that that kind of kid is the one that comes in and does as well as he does as a true freshman. And and that's the kind of things we're, that you're seeing this year with DJ Dallas. Yeah. And um, is, I I don't know, and I don't know if I saw it, is he a Under Armour All-American? No, I don't think so. Okay. You know, DJ, DJ didn't go to many camps. Uh, he wasn't really seen a lot by the people that do those things. Okay. So he kind of got left out a little bit. Like, he never came to a Rivals camp, you know, or, you know, so the Rivals analysts didn't really get a chance to to see him very much except on film. Uh, okay. Um, and a couple other uh, recruiting questions. What do you know about this kid Gaynor, who uh, flipped today from Minnesota to Miami? Started out the year a little bit under the radar. Um, came on a, a little bit last year, but you know, a two-star prospect to start the year, um, very much under the radar, mm-hmm. and just kept getting better and better as the year went on. And I started hearing about him back in September where some of the people that I talked to started telling me that he was a kid to keep an eye on. He didn't have a Miami offer at the time. Um, but they said, you know, this is a kid that's, that's, that's you know, rising up in his senior year and keep an eye on him. He's, he's going to start getting some better offers in December. And then, you know, lo and behold, he got the Miami offer on Saturday. And I knew he was going to commit right away. I got, I got word on Saturday that if, that if Miami did indeed offer him at the game, uh, mm-hmm. that he would virtually commit on the spot. He just wanted to go home and, and talk to the folks up in Minnesota and do it the right way and, and, and show them the courtesy since they had committed to him so early. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he, you know, he, he, he's an up-and-coming kid. He's not ready-made. He's not Navon Donaldson, uh, for example, but okay. he's a, he, the kid that they're planning to put at center. Um, mm-hmm. you, you could, if you look at the story that we have on, our, on the website right now, uh, just listen to how his coach talks about him, and that'll get you all fired up. His coach uh, is a big believer in him and, and, and the kind of player that he's going to grow up to be. And uh, the Hurricanes are planning to put him at center and uh, and work him there. And uh, it looks like a good signing to me. You there? Did we lose you? Going once, going twice. All right, got to let you go. But uh, – Hope I answered your question. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 240 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Well, I don't... Hmm. I hope everything hasn't gone dead here. Um but it's, I hope I haven't lost everybody. It looks fine in, in front of me. So trying to figure out what the problem might be. Um, let me let me go to another caller and see if it comes on. Let's go to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Wow, looks like our board has gone um, quiet on us here. Uh, so what I'm going to do is uh, 
hmm, you got to try to figure out how to to deal with this issue here. Sorry about that, guys. Um, not quite sure why we've gone uh, dead here, or if you guys can hear me. But everybody looks like they're still listening to the show, so um, let me just send a uh, let me send a support ticket in here to the engineers. And um, tell them that our phone lines seem to have gone dead. And uh, we'll see if we can get them back. Let me me play a little music for you guys for a minute if you're still there. So uh, to keep you entertained here for a moment while I uh, expedite this.
All right, guys, I, I know you were hearing the music, and we're gonna tr- I'm going to try to do a reset on my end. Don't hang up. We should be able to get back to the show in a minute. Um, in, the mean, in the meantime, um, I'm going to try to let you keep listening to, to some music, and uh, I'll try to get this thing working again for you in a minute. Sorry about the, the problems. All right, we're going to try to resume the show now. Let's see if if we're working again. Let's go out to the 240. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you doing? All right, we're back. Boy, I don't know what happened. Everything just went dead. <laughs> Had oh, to, uh... man. Good. You always put Sorry. in a lot of work. Sorry about that. So what you got, no, man? This? Uh, this is Aaron from Maryland. What's I've up, been Aaron? a huge Hurricane fan for years. I haven't been calling into the show lately because I didn't want to be Mr. Negative about everything. But, honestly, I'm really excited about the direction the team is going. And I'd like to maybe see an offensive line next year. And I was wondering, is there a chance that a guy like McDermott or someone could kick into center? Because with George Brown, Darling, McDermott, possibly Donaldson and a dog boo, with Tyree St. Louis and a couple other guys coming in to give help, I feel like it'd be a lot stronger. You know, I don't know if I see McDermott as a center, to be honest with you. I don't I don't know that he would be that guy. Um, I'm just trying to think of somebody who'd be stronger at the point of attack because it seems like a lot of – we can't make short yardage. You know, yeah. when, when it's like fourth and one – we we can't push the pile forward, and I don't want to get on Linder because maybe he's been hurt, but it's just got to be something to where, you know, we could upgrade this thing and get a little bit more bull strength in there sometimes. I do like maybe this new Corey Gaynor and some of those guys because I think what's missing too is when we try to pull our guards, they're just too slow to do anything. Yeah, I agree. They couldn't do a lot of pulling at all this year. And the lack of athleticism in general on the offensive line, I think, hindered a lot of the offense that they were able to develop. So, um, but I just don't know that McDermott, the center, is the answer. I, you know, obviously they're expecting to get Linder back next year. They're going to have to develop some of these young guys to, 
you know, play center. Maybe Gauthier gets a look at center. I, you know, as a backup center, I, you know, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, yeah, I, I just like personally him too. don't know that I see McDermott being the answer at center. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying he would be. I'd just like to see a guy in there with a little bit more bull strength who doesn't get knocked backwards so much. Uh, I think it's a terrible idea for Joe Yearby to go pro, in my opinion. He's much better off at least getting his degree because I think if he goes to the Well, he can still combine, get his degree. It, uh, just oh, because okay. he goes pro well, doesn't great. mean – You know, Miami will honor his scholarship, and, and they'll let him come back and finish his education. So that's not a, a factor in it. Okay, okay, well, that's good because I'm just looking at it realistically. I like Joe. I, I think he's a shifty runner. I think he's a good receiver, but you're probably going to run about a 4.7 or a 4.8. You're undersized. If you can't even start at Miami and you get bumped down to third string, I, I mean, I think that's what it's more about, that he's mad that he hasn't been getting a lot of work. I, I went to the Virginia game. He fumbled late in the game when he got in there. I heard rumors that his mom's been calling for a couple weeks, and I don't know. I guess something's going on there. But I'm really concerned about the O-line still a little bit. I'm concerned next year about the defensive backs. I thought DJ Dallas would play back there, but if you're saying he's going to play receiver, who do you see? I think he's going to play. It looks to me like he's going to play receiver. They're recruiting a lot of defensive backs. They're not recruiting a lot of receivers. It, it looks to me like the, like they're going to put DJ Dallas at receiver. Okay, because I'm just worried because Malik Young, maybe he can make a step forward because I think this year in spring ball, a big problem was getting guys to practice and work at the speed they wanted. They were teaching tackling techniques. They weren't as much working on the offense and defense as they should have been because they were trying to catch people up. Redwine, I like his size, but – I don't know that he has the speed. Jaquan Johnson, Romeo Finley, or Carter are maybe a combination of safeties, but outside of that, I don't know who we have. So I was hoping we could get a big-time corner in there who could help. I'm not a huge fan of, for the most part, what's at the defensive back position right now. You know, I I think – Malik Young is serviceable. I think he did a decent job this year. I I was very impressed with how he improved his physicality as the year went on. I I thought he did a decent job as a cover guy, but, you know, he's a small defensive back. I don't know how he holds up over the course of an entire season. I I just don't at this point. And And it's just, you know, just an opinion, but... Oh you know, yeah, no, I'm not. He, I'm not sold he, on him. I'm just thinking you don't well, want. He, he, no, he's a good player, but he's just a little guy, you know. And and you know, Miami expects those guys to be physical. And you know, you saw, you know, how Colbert didn't hold, wasn't able to hold up. I mean, Corn Elder, God bless him, man. He, I mean, he 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 was amazing. He really was something else this year. Played physical, oh, a lot that. of big hits. And and he held up physically, but you know I just I wonder about these little guys like that. But and um, I think you know you have guys like Bandy coming in and um, and they're recruiting a little, like I said a lot of maybe nickel. Um, well, I, I mean we got to see. I mean you know I, I'm not sure that Jaquan Johnson is an every down safety that's going to hold up for the entire season as an every down safety. I like kind of like the role that they were using him in this year. So they have a lot of different options and ways they can go depending on how these young kids show up in training camp, and we'll just have to see how they end up doing it. But uh, you know I don't know. I, I I like my I like my corners a little bigger, you know than than 
Yeah. And what, you know. I just remember when Miami was great, we had speed. So I don't see speed outside of maybe Amon Richards or Najoku, where we have elite speed hardly at any position. Yeah, Malik Malik can run a little bit. I don't know that I would say elite speed, but he's got some speed. He's I mean that's the the speed thing is not holding him back. It's holding back the Michael Jacksons of the world and the Ryan Mazes of the world and the Red Wines of the world. You know, I yeah, think and that's what I'm worried about. I don't want a bunch of slow guys back there. I'd rather have a guy who's fast. So even if he's young and he's getting beat, make with his athleticism, you know. And I also want to see us pick off a few more passes. I mean. I think Corn could have did that, but they just didn't go his way as much. He he had a good year. He just didn't have the staff. Well, I, I think that's why you see the coaches attacking, recruiting a defensive back as hard as they are. Okay, so do you see anybody maybe that we could flip or maybe that would kind of be like a Tracy Howard, even though he didn't pan out, but like a huge recruit that no one really saw coming until the end? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that – you know, Bandy's already committed. Amari Carter's already committed. Um, Billy Gibson's already committed. Now, if you add to that, in an, in an ideal world, um, C.J. Henderson. Um, oh, I'd love if you, that. If you get Brian Edwards back, now you got five guys. At the yeah, and I think I like the Brian Edwards kid, too, because he's a little bit bigger, isn't he? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And and, okay. and he, wants to be a, he wants to be a corner. And, and you know, the – They'll they'll use him as a as a as a corner and safety kind of player, much like they're using Jaquan Johnson right now. Um, but my my point is, if they can get those two kids to come back in the fold, that's five. And you know, maybe yeah, okay. they take six six or seven guys at DB. Yeah, no, I I, w- I would love that. I'd feel a lot more confident if we just had those two guys, or even possibly one of them, really. Yeah. So that's what they're I trying to get done like, here. You know, like if you take Amon Richards away, what do we have next year? Kind of nothing. Maybe we're hoping for Dallas. Maybe we're hoping Cager can bounce back. Because Barrios, yeah, I, I mean, like I, him. His I role think is limited. That Cager can bounce back. I think Cager, you know, figures obviously to be part of the mix next year in a big time way. I, th- I think you know DJ Dallas. You're hoping uh, can 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 fill, fill the role in there. You still got Barrios. That you, and, and you know, in my opinion. I think that Brad should come back. I said that a long time ago because I I don't know what his father does, but I know his m- mother was an actor, so maybe money isn't as much of an issue for him. And I think he could just work on some things. I don't see that he does really well play action. And my biggest problem is he looks down the receivers. I've never seen him look off a receiver. I think he's great. I'm not knocking him, but just saying he stares him down too much for me. And in the pros, they'll eat you up for that. I mean, I think there's a lot that he could work on. I, I, I personally think he should come back. Yeah, now the only one I can see maybe is Najoku, but the only problem with him is he just doesn't have the tape yet. I mean, when they look over his three seasons, he redshirted one, and he's been spotty in the other ones. He still drops Mike. passes. I mean, he's running down the field this year and just falls down. I mean, there's other stuff. But I think he's really talented. I think he'll get drafted just off his size and his 40 time. But, you know, Mike, another Mike year could really help. And I don't know who else is coming out. I know that kid Butts from Michigan. There's probably going to be guys in front of him at his position. My go-to NFL guys tell me that Najoku would be the first Hurricane drafted. 
they tell me that it would almost certainly happen in the second round, and that if he comes back next year, that he would have a chance that's, to be a late first round pick. Now, is that yeah, worth it? And I think, is it worth it to come back? You know, he, that's what he's going to have to decide. I mean, it, it would. And uh, just a couple other quick points. If we're going to keep running this bubble screen, I've seen sometimes where they throw it and have Barrios or someone block. Now, why are they not using, like, Henderson out there or possibly even a bigger running back or, you know, just a receiver who can pancake the defensive back so the other wide receiver, when he catches it, he's only got to juke one guy instead of uh, throwing they, it. They have at times. I mean, you know, they've mixed it up. Yeah, but I think they should do that consistently. You should never well, have Barrios if you do the blocking. same thing every time, you're tipping off the play. So they've, yeah, they've done what, it with different personnel. They've, they've, they've put tight ends out there at times. Um, they've, they've done all different combinations of bubble screens throughout the year. Yeah. Well, the only one I haven't seen is where they fake the bubble screen and just have the guy go deep. They actually did that um, – it was in the first month of the season they did that once. Oh, okay. Okay. And maybe, you know, maybe I do have the orange and green glasses on, but I, I agree with Junkie and some of the other fans I've talked to across the country whenever I go to games because, like I said, I'm in Maryland, so they're not really around here that much anymore. I only got to Florida State and Virginia this year, but it seems like to me that there's definitely an over amount of bad calls that happen in our games consistently. And even calls that go to review, they get wrong twice. I don't think it's just Miami games. Look at all the coaches around the ACC that have gotten into trouble this year complaining about referees. The Pitt coach, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's, it's tough on us. I mean, they were fighting this year. What did we have to play? Five games in October? And if you look at it, we had to spot FSU and North Carolina seven points. I mean, that's a big deal. I want us to win the games, too, but I want to be realistic. These schools have out-recruited us a lot the last few years, and people forget how bad we were. I mean, Clemson blew us out. North Carolina blew us out. I mean, if it wasn't for those bad calls, we would have won those games. Yeah, I mean, it's been an issue, but it's been an issue for more than just Miami. The ACC officials well, is, in general. Is there something that can be done about it? Because I know these refs, a lot yeah, of them hire have better officials. Jobs. Hire season better officials, I guess. I don't. I mean, I haven't done an in-depth research into ACC officiating and who they're actually contracting with, but uh, it was pretty rough this year. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm from Maryland, and there were rumors that that's why Maryland left because they said they were more partial to the North Carolina schools. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but. Isn't that where the referee base is? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen enough to where I think you can make an argument that there's a Carolina bias at times in the ACC. There's no, I don't think well, there's any question. I'm not calling for any violence or anything like that. I want to make that clear. No. But what, if you could expose these people because a lot of them own businesses, they're doctors, they're whatever. I mean, I would just like to see the Hurricane fans boycott them. Obvious, <laughs> horrible calls. I mean, there's really not a lot you can do. Yeah, I'm, I'm be, learning you that. You've got to be good enough to overcome it. You know, you got to be good enough to overcome it. Right, but I'm just not seeing it for other schools. I mean, 
Yeah, I was mad when we lost that championship so game to Ohio it's State. It's there for other schools, but, trust me. Like I said, look yeah, at all the coaches. If you look at Ohio State, State they get it again. When's the last time you can remember two of our games being over and the referees say, no, 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 give them another chance? I don't ever remember that happening. Because I don't, I don't see where that kid picked up that fourth down. That game's over. You know, Sean Taylor threw his helmet in the air. That game's over. These refs are bringing the game back. Yeah, I I agree, but that's a different conference. Is You're saying that we that don't have a, a huge alumni base? Is it that we don't have? I mean, what's the difference between us and these other schools? Is it that they hate us so much from when we beat the crap out of them in the eighties? What is it? You don't know. You don't know. You weren't playing these schools in the eighties. You were in the Big East. Yeah, but we were beating everybody, and we were beating them bad. And I think teams still think of us, and people still think of us as the bad boys. They don't yeah, realize not, that, hey, we, we have a good good educational program. You know, a lot of our guys are good kids. I mean, a lot of troublemakers are kicked off the team. And I'm wondering, with all these guys that have transferred or been kicked off the team, when can we take a huge class again? This year, you're gonna, they're gonna, I think you'll see them take a full class. Okay, because I'm thinking that at some point we should be able to take over 25, right? I mean, even the Sam Bruce, we've had Muhammad leave, we had Grace leave, we had uh, Jawan Young leave. I mean, at what point are all these scholarships going to free up and we can actually get more help in there? Well, you've got, let's see, you've got, by our count, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, Nine, ten, eleven guys coming in early. Okay. What's the limit so for early enrollees? Depending on what the numbers, how the numbers break down, going back to last year, and I don't have the exact math on it. Um, you know, if you had eleven spots in last year's class, and they, I don't think they had that many, but you know, theoretically, you know, you, you're allowed to take twenty-five a year. So uh, I, you're going to see them take at least, obviously, twenty-five this year. Uh, and I think that they'll do some of the house cleaning to the roster after the bowl game. We'll see. Okay. All right. So what what is the number of early enrollees that we can possibly have? Because I think those kids well, I just have a much better right chance now. of helping. There's, there's 11 of them right now. So is there a limit? Early. Like we could have 15? No. We could have... no, because you would anything you didn't have from last year, you would count towards this year. So. Oh, okay. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure what the exact numbers are. And it's a okay. fluid situation because it's going to depend on how many spots they free up anyway. So right now we do not know. Okay. All right. Well, All right. thanks for your time, Gary. I appreciate it. And if you could just yeah. shout out any recruiting news you know, that would be great. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Keep an eye on the website too. We're posting stories constantly every day right now. A lot of recruiting going on. Uh, 646-595-2048 is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing? Doing good. Who's this? It's Everything 305 checking in once again with you guys. What's up, man? What you got for us this week? Well, well uh, uh heard something disturbing on Sunday evening and didn't give it too much credence, but uh, uh, looking at your article the past, uh, past day on Donaldson, uh, yeah, I, I I heard he's a he's a silent uh, to Florida State, and he um, he pretty much has talked to his coach and let him know that he's going to decommit here this week. 
Um, Brewster was on Twitter the other day talking about it, uh, that he just got the best player in all of Dade County once again. And I just, boy, I hope there's no, there's no truth to that. But Gary, I just, I, we've been saying for the whole year that this is the most important recruit this year. And it looks like we've, we've lost him. He's got one foot out the door already. Is that pretty much what you're getting from your year hearing? I've been tell I've been saying it all season. That wow. you know, I I didn't like you know, some of the things that I knew and was hearing there. I I just I didn't give it much, you know, he he supposedly hadn't taken mom anywhere and he's he's going to Carolina I guess this upcoming the next couple of weeks here and mom's not going. Um but uh I just uh, it just it just hurts that he's the most important recruit this year, Lo- the most important local guy. He's it, Gary. That kid's an NFL player. I, mean, I haven't seen too many kids like that the last fifteen twenty years. So that's very disappointing here. But um, he has set up the last visit supposedly with UM. But my question to you, uh, the same source that I I spoke to Sunday also told me that uh, Darling could have gone the last two weeks. And they pretty much were kind of holding them back, and Yerby's not happy, and it's something like uh, like Roland's kind of doing some damage control. Have you heard anything about that with regards to that group at all? I mean, kids? look, Darling's got no beefs. Okay, he's been playing averages can be now for two years. Right. Um. So you know these coaches well, aren't playing. Was he healthy games, to so. play the last two games though, or no? Was he was he healthy to play the last two games? Because supposedly he he was healthy enough to play the last two games, and they pretty much wanted him to uh, to get to be a hundred percent, which he's played supposedly you know worse physically. So I I, I was like, man, this is a, a lot to be thrown at in the past forty eight hours. But I just wanted to run that by you, see what you had heard. And Yerby, it makes no sense for Yerby to leave. I mean, Gary, he's. He's our, it makes he's really uh, it makes a hundred a lot. It makes it does make a lot of sense. What's his upside? Well, you know, he needs to get that piece of paper. He needs to go ahead. Yeah, he, he can, can go ahead and leave. He can, he can go back to school anytime he wants. Gary, but you and I, you and I both know, and Randy was great at it when he was the head coach. He would get guys to do the same thing that he did, and try to bring them back to school to get the degree. That kid, he's not going to make it. He's he's not at that type of player, and what's he going to do? He's going to come back. When is he going to come back to school? Or what's he going to do to feed those kids? Because that's his whole his whole motivation to take care of those kids. I'm like, he has to stay in school and get that degree. I mean, I, I would hate to see him leave because he's not going to play. He's 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 not. He doesn't have tremendous speed. He's got so so hands, and he's not the sharpest kid out there in terms of a playbook. The NFL people I talked to tell me he'd be a fifth to seventh round draft pick. At best, right? Well, he'd be fifth to seventh round. He he probably would get drafted, but it would be later later in the draft. Yeah, it's just the whole central situation just really really threw me for a <laughs> threw me for a curveball. I I just didn't see all this coming all at once. Um, I really didn't put things together either, but uh, that's what I heard. It's a pretty solid source. Been around for a long time, and also the, he's also part of the officiating world. And one thing that your previous caller was talking about, how poor the officiating has been. Um, you know, we we got away with one last year at Duke, and <laughs> yeah, we we it's it, we don't always get the best whistles here and there, but overall, I mean. It served its purpose going to the ACC. They don't like us. Nobody likes us, though. 
but we are respected enough to be, you know, voted in the top 10 X number of weeks ago. So Miami still is Miami. It's still a brand name. It's still a brand label. And we're just going to have to be patient. But in terms of there being some type of conspiracy against us, it's not just the ACC. It's the entire, you know, the entire college sports world. I mean, we, we are hated wherever we go. The one guy who's done a fantastic job of making, of getting, creating a, a, more of a, a national fan base is Coach L. He's done a fantastic job. Um, and he's, he's really done a nice job of, of, of people looking at it from different perspectives. But for the most part, it is what it is. So officiating is not going to change. And, uh, I, I still think we, uh, you know, we, we get attacked a little bit more than the average team, but that, that comes with being, you know, Miami. It's something we have to accept. No matter how many decades have come and gone, that's that's always going to be the issue we're going to face. All right, what else you got for us tonight? Well, um, you mentioned earlier uh, in terms of uh, recruiting that uh, the the kid Corey, the Gainer kid, was a kid that uh, you saw that was kind of he wasn't on the radar. Minnesota had offered him, then he committed to Minnesota. Um, I looked at that high school schedule, who they played. Yeah, they didn't play too many outstanding teams from what I saw. Um, really not a good body of work against a good, pretty good competition, unlike the St. Thomas's and the Heritage of the world. Um, have you seen the kid up close? Have you had a chance to see him besides his, his, uh, his tape? I mean, what have you seen from the kid? Um, I've seen him up close. I haven't seen him play up close. I mean, he appears to be more of a, of a grinder type kid, and yeah, he'll um, be a center. He'll be a center then, pretty much. He's That's a pure what you center, yeah. then. Yeah, pure center. Okay. Um, what are you hearing on the Heritage kids? I haven't heard much on that front the last two weeks. Um, I'm hearing that uh, Herbert's very likely to stick with Michigan. Um, yeah. That, but Slayton, there's a chance they're both going to visit Miami together uh, later in the cycle. And that'll be towards the towards. January or now before the yeah I believe this it was year. January well, I believe it was January okay. well I, I just I know we need help up front here I, I just we need to address that and uh, from terms of the JUCO kids uh, is there anybody that you're hearing any positive news on that might be considering us now uh, I know there was a kid from that was decommitting from Alabama or in the process of decommitting oh yeah. Uh, yeah, there's stuff going on every every five minutes right now. I mean, just tonight we uh, found out about a defensive end out uh, out in California that Kuligowski went to go see today. He's a USC commit. Um, but Kuligowski visited him today, and now he's set up a Miami official for the middle of January. Um, there's a receiver that's a four-star receiver that's, that's his cousin by the name of Jameer Calvin who also might visit – so I mean, you know, this this thing is constantly e- evolving. I mean, there's new stuff coming up all the time. Uh, that's the one constant. There's always changing recruiting. And, and Holloman pretty much is done. He's going to UGA then. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. And you know they're well, moving on. I mean, we, I mean they, you know, like I said, they they came up with this new kid today, this Jameer Calvin kid. Um, you can check him out. We got we got a story on the website. So. um Well, what, uh, what would you think, Gary, right now, the top five kids or the top five candidates that will be asked to go elsewhere once the bowl, the bowl game comes and goes and, 
and just before they get ready to uh, to hit the mats in January. What, what what top five kids do you think definitely they will try to encourage to move on at this point? I mean, guys that I don't think will ever play at Miami: Mahoney, Loftus, Milo, um, Jahair Jones. You could start with those guys. I don't think they have futures. You know, I don't think they'll ever play at Miami. Um, you know, there's a few others at some other positions, but you could just start right there on the bench on the offensive line, you know. Anybody in the secondary that you think really should be in that group? Um, Michael Jackson, Ryan Mays, you know. Um, you know, I mean, they've played a little bit, so you might keep them. Uh, Henley would fall into that category. Yeah. Uh, like we talked about throughout the summer and, and throughout somewhat of the fall here, Gary, corner and, and offensive line, those are the biggest things I've been saying. I know my receiver will, will you know, we're a little thin there number-wise, but um, we have enough returners coming back. I think that at least you can, you can put four kids out there. But right now it's the biggest concern that I see is that is the defensive backfield. I mean, front seven's good, and, and they'll only get bigger and stronger. We don't lose anybody in the front seven. Uh, based on what we're seeing thus far, so that should really help the back uh, the back end. But man, we we need some corners and we need some numbers. We need some depth back there because what we have just it just isn't good enough. And, I mean, and, and, and I recruiting wanna... at defensive back and offensive line the last few years has been particularly bad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been pretty it's been brutal. Uh, lastly, um, in terms of the scheme next year, what ski what, what changes do you see coming on the offensive end with Kaya staying or with possibly Kaya going? What would you foresee here in terms of changes right now? Oh, I think I think Mark Richt will expand the playbook a little bit. Um, I, I think he found that the short passing game was working really well. If Kaya comes back, I would expect to see even more variety in that regard. Um, okay. You know, that's one thing. Um, if Kaya doesn't come back, I mean, I think a lot will depend on who Mark Rick thinks is the quarterback. Well, I, I don't think this kid, uh, I know he's got he's got a lot of hype and a lot of great reports on him. I just don't think he's going to be ready. He's going to need a good year um, of, of maturing and getting physically stronger and, and learning the college game. Uh, the, the Perry kid and also the Weldon kid, I don't, I don't think either one of those kids will be ready to play, uh, which leads me to my next question. With the returning quarterbacks that we have, uh, the kid from Georgia uh, was a sophomore and the kid we registered this year. Of, of those two kids, which one do you think has the skill set to, I, I, I want to say, to, to come in and, and, and throw the short passing game and run some pro set stuff? Which one of those two kids do you think uh, has the most ability right now and is, is, is ready uh, physically and particularly mentally right now, is ready to go in case? I mean, I think any of them, any of them could be that guy. I think, I think the bigger issue will be the mental. You know, which one is best mentally equipped to execute an offense? Um, you know, I think physically they're all capable of, of of being the guy. I mean, everyone thinks of you know Jack Allison, um, and he certainly has the physical capability. Um, Evan Sheriffs, if he can continue to work on his arm strength, uh, could fall in that classification as time continues to go by. And like I said earlier, I think this Nicozy Perry kid that's coming in as a freshman, you know, I think he's going to be a superstar. So we'll see. Well, 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 Gary, again, I just want to thank you for all your work this year. It's been a fantastic year, and I definitely enjoyed coming on the show and and 
getting some more information for you. And hopefully we'll we'll have a, a nice bowl game here. And if you had to guess, where do you think we're going? You think we're going to Carolina or we're going to Jacksonville? I think we're going to Orlando, unless Clemson loses. Wow. If Clemson if Clemson wow. loses, then I then I think we go to Jacksonville. Wow. Well, that'd be great. Yep. That'd we'll be see. great. Nice. Keep it in state if we can. <laughs> yep. Gary, and the bowl games in state would like that too, because it helps them sell tickets. So it works. You know, we, it works for everybody. We, we do travel well to Orlando. We've proven that before, haven't we? No question about it. Canes would <laughs> fill up Orlando. All right, man. Thank Take you for being part of We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to be on the show. We got two hours down. We just completed hour number two. Sorry for that little technical blip that we had in the middle there. Not quite sure what happened, but I'm glad we were able to get it fixed relatively quickly. So now we head into hour number three, and I think I'm going to kick it off here by getting back to a few more of those questions that were posted by the posters at canesport.com that they wanted to hear covered on the show. Um, Are there any assistant coaches who could be be offered by other programs? Coaches that would be targets for other programs, yeah. Coaches that will go to other programs, I would say no. Um, I think the staff is going to come back intact. I don't see uh, anything happening there. Um, why does Virginia Tech get to schedule the old Big East schools as their cross-division rivals, um, like BC and Syracuse, where Miami uh, doesn't? Well, the answer to that is Miami chose to play Florida State every year. Um, as a rivalry game, and, and, and that's why Miami plays Florida State every year and nobody else in the ACC does. Um, it comes with problems. When you lose to Florida State, you're spotting everybody else in the Coastal Division one game unless they're also playing Florida State. Um, but probably a small price to pay to be able to maintain that Miami-Florida State rivalry every year. Uh, you look back through all of our lifetimes and how special all those Miami-Florida State games have been, and uh, I don't think anybody out here would like to see that go away, even if it means uh, you know, maybe some years not being able to win the Coastal and go to the ACC championship game. I, I just I don't see anybody wanting to lose um, the Miami-Florida State game. What is the single most important attribute that this team lacks in being a national contender currently, like the Alabamas and Ohio States? That's an easy question to answer. It's just flat talent, impact talent, top-shelf athletes. And as good as this team came along this year and the improvement that we saw on defense, like I said earlier in the show, I'm still not sure there's a guy that's going up on the fence, that's replacing you know, the Russell Maryland's, Jerome Brown's on defensive line that's replacing the Jesse Armstead's and the, the Michael Barrows and the Ray Lewis's at linebacker. That's replacing Sean Taylor and Ed Reed at safety. Um, you know, the, as good as Brad Kai is, I'm not sure that he's replacing uh, Ken Dorsey and Gino Toretta and Vinny Testaverde. And, you know, you could go on and on. Edger and James. I mean, is, uh, is Mark Walton going to replace Edger and James on that wall? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, my, I love the season he had this year. But, you know, the point I'm making is that that's what's separating Miami from the top teams in the country that are contending for national titles. It's elite talent, difference makers, impact players. And 
until that changes in recruiting, it's going to be hard for Miami to get back to to being in that top five again. Um, obviously, that's why the coaches are out working so hard right now. Is there any one recruit that can emerge and possibly sign that most fans are not counting on to be in this class, and who would it be? Um, I'm going to say keep an eye on Cyrus Fagan. Cyrus Fagan is a Florida State commit. He's a defensive back. Miami's been working really hard on him the last few weeks. Uh, it looks like he is going to visit um, possibly December 10th. So keep an eye on that name, Cyrus Fagan, the defensive back. You know, Maybe that's a good player that can emerge in this class that isn't being counted on right now. All right, I'll try to get to some more of these in a little bit, but let's go back to your calls, 646-595-2048. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, going twice. Hopefully the board hasn't gone dead again. Let's go to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, guy? Doing good. Who's this? It's Ross, Jersey. What's up, Ross? How you doing this week? What's going on, man? Um, kind of was like trying to. I was hoping you waited a little longer to put me on, but that's fine. Um, I try to get as much as I can in. Um, you know, I always come and I was become passionate about when I, you know, I always come and ask you some straight questions. Um, here's one for you though. Um, Donaldson, the offensive lineman. That's you know we're in rumors that he's going to decommit and. He's going to commit to Florida State. Let me ask you a straight question. Does he start next year on Florida State offensive line? Uh, I'm not familiar enough with their offensive line to, to give an opinion on that. I think he starts on the Miami offensive line. I'm, and that's why I actually this question, because here's my thing. Yeah, he starts for us. If I'm not mistaken, somebody could call in later on. They could go look it up. I'm not going to do it. I'm not mistaken, Florida State. I don't think they have a senior on that offensive line. I could be wrong. If they do, they only have one. So they weren't terrible this year. It was okay. They were solid. Like our line, solid, but not, you know, times it was terrible. But they weren't god awful. I think there's a couple other things, the reason why they had, they was losing games. So I just wanted to know, if he doesn't start on the offensive line next year, that tells me, and you made mentions to this about a couple of weeks back, a couple of shows back, that, there's some street agents that's involved. I know you probably don't want to do a lot of talking about that, but I'm willing I'm willing not to get the kid if the school could get in trouble for that. Because this, this, is, this is upsetting. There's Miami's not going to get in trouble. Miami, not Miami, Miami's not, not Miami. messing around Miami, with that stuff. Not Miami. Not Miami. I'm saying Florida State. I say I am yeah. willing to not get the kid if the proper – if we could just – not whoever to just blow the whistle on these guys because they're clearly doing some things to where this guy could go on Twitter or wherever he's going and he's bragging about getting the best kid in the county and we'll continue to lose. There's something going on with that particular high school. There's something going on them in Florida State and that's wrong. It's just it's flat out wrong. And I, like I said, I, if we could get that one kid for American Heritage, I'll be fine. I know people might think I'm crazy. I'll take that swap. I mean, we're going to lose some kids from the areas of Florida State. That's a given. But when there's stupidness going on and it's foul play, and I've called you plenty of times, Gary, and I've told you I have a couple of people down there that I know I actually do, I, you made mention to it. You don't probably want to talk about it too much on the show, but there's some stupidness that's going on there. You know what I mean. 
You don't like to talk about it too much, but it's time for that Florida State team to get in trouble for this because they're doing some really illegal stuff, and any time these guys do that stuff, they just keep getting away to where we can't even approach doing anything like that. And it's flat out wrong. I just like want you to talk about it a little bit. I got a couple other. I, I can't talk about it. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't know what they're doing. Or you know, or, I mean, I hear rumors and stuff, but who knows? You don't know what's true, what's not true. Yeah, you um, spoke on it a couple of weeks ago. You you even came out of your mouth. You said street agents. You said I it. I said the street agents are buzzing, and they are. <laughs> but but you I don't know what's true. That laughter right true. there, Gary. That laughter right there tells me you know a little bit more than you want to say. That's fine. I'm just letting. I'm just putting it out there right now that I know what's going on. You may not want me to start that stuff on the show, but I like like, like I told you about the I tied in that I, I'm in Jersey, so I kind of know a couple of things that's going on with that tied in. He's really thinking about coming out, even though you think he make more money next year. That's fine. He's going to be he's going to be drafted, and he's going you know he's going to put up good numbers in the uh, combine. So oh, he'll, he'll anyway. kill the combine. Okay, well, let's move on. I just, I'm telling you, if he, if he, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. If a kid's not going to be able to start next year, a homegrown kid that's committed to us for so long, they could just come in and pluck the kid like that. This foul play that's going on, and we know it, and I know what's going on. But anyway, let's move on. It may sound like I'm crying. I'm not crying. I'm passionate about this because we need to start winning these kids. We need to start winning, getting these kids. Florida State have had enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough, Gary, and you know we keep letting them get away with nonsense, and that's the bottom line. It's enough is enough. You know. Um, okay, quick, quick question for you. We talked about defensive backs, and every time a caller calls in, they ask you a question. You're kind of like short answers with this. You really think that we have no talent back there right now, as far as this going. So, so what you're telling me is that I think there's not, not enough team. talent back there. Okay, so what you're telling me, we're not going to be very good at the defensive backfield next year, so Rick is not going to be a very good defense. So well, no, I, no. What I'm what I'm telling you is, I think these freshmen that are being recruited are going to be given an opportunity to play right away. But you have also you've also said I mean, here, let's take other, a, let me let, wait, Tana. Let's take a quick minute here. Let's go through the defensive back talent. Okay, Jenkins is out of here. Um, Elder's out of here. Carter's out of here. Colbert's out of here. Okay, so that's your upper class, right? So here's what's mm-hmm. here. Here's coming back. Um, you got Henley. I'll go through the sophomores first. Okay, you got Henley, who I don't think he'll play. You mm-hmm. got Jaquan Johnson, who's a good player, an explosive kid, but he, to me, he's a small safety. I like him way better in the nickel hybrid kind of role that they were using him in for most of this year. We'll it's see what happens. Right now, you would have to count on him to be a starting safety. Um, Redwine okay. played a lot of ball this year, um, but th- it's not without issues. Um, okay. Ryan Mays and Michael Jackson have speed issues, okay? They just flat do. They they can help you out here, there, play here, play there. Both of them played some this year. But, you know, I don't – I'm not overwhelmed by, I, by think Jackson could, I think Jackson could be a safety. I think they could switch him over to safety, but go ahead. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. You know, I've never seen him play mm-hmm. safety, so I don't have an opinion. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just looking at what's coming next. That's the sophomore class, okay? Now, the freshman and redshirt freshman class, you got the, you know, Robert Knowles at the safety, um, who, you know, I think is, to me, I, I, don't, I don't think he's the answer. Um, 
Romeo Finley, we don't really know, but you know, I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't see a lot out of him this year um, that would make me go crazy. Jeff James, who everybody knew when he was recruited, was a two-star kid. You know, I don't know what's going to happen there. Malik Young, the, the story of the year at the defensive back position, the way he came up from no place and ended up starting at the end of the year, did a great job. Uh, there's some promise with him, but he's a undersized cornerback. Uh, I question uh, how much he's going to be able to hold up over the course of a 12-game season. We'll see. And Cedric Wright, I don't think we really know much there. But my point is that what you got coming back, there, there's nothing overwhelming about it. And I think that's why you see the coaches out recruiting as hard as they are at the defensive back position. And I think they're going to bring in five, six, seven new kids into the mix here this year. And before we call it a disaster for next year, I think we've got to see how good these kids are and how they, how they get through training camp and, and where they are in September. I mean, you know, look at what these coaches were able to do with the linebacker position this year with true freshmen. So, you know, we'll see. Well, I agree with that. Well, look what they were able to do. Look what they were able to do with Elder. Because remember, in spring practice coming into for the spring game, you and a couple other people out there were saying that, ah, don't look that good. They're not catching up to speed. Not you know they're a little concerned. They turned them around. That's a, that's 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 contributed to the defensive back coach and just the scheme itself and just getting them prepared. And he looks better. So I think they could do it. I just don't, you know, the boom was saying that uh, we don't really have that much challenge. We don't really know what's going to happen. Um, I think, you know, we really should give Dallas a thought on that. I, if we find out that we don't have enough, we just may have to bite the bullet a little bit and, like, just put Dallas back there because he is talented enough. Like, like I said last week. I the know, but they need him worse at receiver than they, then they'll need him at DB if they sign six, seven guys. Well. It's just I'm I mean, just saying, I mean look at look at look at the receiver position. You know, uh, you know, Coley's gone, Malcolm Lewis is gone. You got Berrios and Dale Harris coming back. Uh Cager will be back from his injury. Langham still has yet to step foot on the field. I'm not you know, I mean he's he's got speed issues and they clearly don't feel comfortable putting what him out there. Dallas be? What would Dallas be? He'll be a slot guy. Yeah, probably. I think he I think the, 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 the guy's getting the bulk of the playing time. Would be Amon Richards, Cager, um, Dallas, um, and then you'd have Berrios and Dayal Harris, you know, filling in here and there. And then we got to see what happens with Deontay Mullins. But you know, they need receivers. Also, you know, they need receivers as bad as they need DBs. Well, you just know, Derek. Listen, unless we get injuries, which is probably going to happen, you just name three, three or four, five, six guys that should play. You know, minus Dallas. Uh, we could get some guys. Harris, for me, I'm a little curious. I think we could have used Harris a couple more in that bubble screen. I, he, he doesn't look like he's slow. I think, you know, some of the times when we was going to some of these other guys, we really should have used them in the bubble screen. But I'm just, that's, that's you know, we're winning. I'm not complaining. I'm just, we're just talking, we're talking, um, you know, positions and what we think could happen. So it's not even a complaint. It's we're going over different strategies and stuff. So I'm just concerned that you're saying the defensive back, that's telling me that we're not going to have a pretty good defense next year. But we need those guys. To no, be I did, that's not what I said. I just got done saying we don't know. I know. You just heard me say all these kids are coming in. They're going to be injected into the competition. We don't know yet. All right, let's touch on the offensive line real quick. Okay. You gave us three guys that you think is going to be executed. You know, leave, you know, put, you know, back their bags and, 
basically. Okay, I didn't say Catholic. that either. I said they're candidates. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a fan, as a fan, I'm just saying that. I mean, you don't have to say it. I understand that you have to deal with the kids. You have to be around the kids. Real fans, I'm going to say it. You know, basically, you said these are the three guys you think that might be. So I mean, obviously, if they're not, if they, if they didn't get on the field this year, that tells you that they don't have a future. Okay, so what I'm saying is. That that sounds good to me. I don't have a problem with that. Man, we're already losing the kid that's going back to Jersey, the the kid that you know almost you know got, you know thank God nothing seriously didn't happen to him at the end. He didn't die or anything. But we're already going to lose him. That's another spot that's freed up. You know, this guy early one of your calls earlier said was on these spots that we got guys that got kicked out, some guys that we know is transferring and leaving. That's another spot on offensive line we know we're not going to have next year. He's gone. He's going back to Jersey, which I think is good. He was never going to play for us. But what I'm saying for us offensive line. I think it's imperative that we go. Not, it's not even, even if we get Donaldson, we still need to go to the JUCO ranks and get a ball player. This is where we we see where the recruitment from our offensive line coach stands. How good of a recruiter he has to go. They should be feverishly right now looking to get, if not the best offensive tackle, the second best guys who, who are being chased by Boston College of the world. Um, you know, the, the top schools out there, we got to get those second-tier. We might not be able to get the first-tier guy, but we got to get second. Because some of those second-tier guys are better than some of the guys that we even got coming back. What do you think about that? A JUCO kid, a solid JUCO kid. I'd like to see a couple JUCOs in this class. Have to happen. Have to happen, Gary, because I'm telling you, we even if we get the uh, stud offensive lineman, you have to believe, He's still going to have a little issues about certain things or some of the guys. And I think the kid from LSU could be serviceable here. He, he might mess around and start for us. Who knows? So, But we we still need an anchor. We need an anchor guy with, that's going to be a rough and tough, probably be able to pull, be mean, and get down the field and be able to pass. Like, we need that guy. We need to be able to score that kid. Whoever he is, we need to bring that guy in. We do. What are your thoughts? No argument. I mean, I think I think they need they, anything they can do at any position to improve the roster. They have to do. All right, and one last thing. Um, again, it's not to bring up goals from the past, but I guess because he was a senior this year and getting out the door, we we definitely have to have a better guys in our kick return game. Maybe we'll be able to do that now going into the ball games. But you got to admit again, I'm tired of seeing Lewis back there, man. I'm tired of so, seeing him. Uh, yeah, I, I thought the kickoff returns and to a lesser, little lesser extent the punt returns because Barrios did have that one great return uh, were huge weaknesses on this team this year. And I think I agree with you. they got to be better. We accepted it. It's almost like we just said, okay, we're just going to put Edwards out there. We're going to go and put Lewis out there and Barrios. I'm like, we, it's almost like we just said, okay, you know what, fine. Let's just stick with their short ball handlers. And that's nonsense. We are the you. We have to have speed guys back there, hands down. You know, I'd rather see them put a freshman out there. Mullins, I mean, you know, I'm not sure if he'd be ready. I'm not sure what's going on. But we, that's something we definitely have to see change next year. I'm, I'm not if willing the, to put up. If the coaches thought that Mullins was going to make a difference, they would have put him out there. I know. I'm just, I just threw out a name, Gary. I just I threw out a name because it was a high sore. Nothing against Lewis. Love him to death. Glad he's still in my American to the end. But just it didn't make any sense to have that guy. Back there, it just didn't. It looked, it looked bad. It just looked bad, and kind of made me feel like what they was doing with the old staff, taking care of the seniors, because they had not the door. Just want to show them some love, but you know what? We got to win games, and we got to get yards. 
and I didn't think it was productive having those guys on the field to get the turn. That's just my opinion. And one last right, thing, Alex. Thanks for calling in and being one, part one, of the one, show. One more. Yeah, hold on. Go ahead. Quick. One more, and then you can put me on hold. All right. Overall, with, 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 with Yerby coming back and, and everything, I really think he should go. Only because I don't want the attitude of competing with Wall and not working out and the bad vibes. We need anything, everything to be going in our way next year, momentum-wise and, 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 and proper, you know, attitudes and stuff on the court. On the field. And I just don't feel like that's what's going on now with those two. I think Walton is totally beating him out. He's never going to be able to be in front of him. He wasn't the best back that we got from Central. It's clear. And it's just never going to work out for him. It's a you, and I think he should move on. I really think he should move on. And and I, I'm, I'm excited about Omer anyway. Right, it's the guy that we, you know, number 24, the kid that we have, I think he's I think he's going to be big time. So it's time to clear the air with that and, and, and you know, and open the windows and let him go. That's my opinion. All right. You can put me, I agree. Put me on hold. You got it, man. Uh-huh. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. All right, guys, the conference championship games are coming up this weekend. The NFL season is going down the stretch. Lots of big sporting events, lots of big games for those of you who like to make an occasional wager here or there. And that brings me to a topic we've been talking about for several weeks that now, and that's mybookie.ag. And um, you know who's going to win the game before it starts. So why don't you put your damn money where your mouth is and uh, take a look at mybookie.ag, where they've got a casino, they've got, a, they've got the sports book, obviously, um, a race book, if you like to bet on the ponies, Gulfstream Park opening this weekend, for those of you in South Florida that like to go out to the horse races, and uh, there's something for everybody at mybookie.ag where you can get some money on the game and score a big win today and join thousands of online players and start betting. And uh, they have live in-game betting for you, so you can even place a bet after kickoff. And unlike some other websites that you might find, mybookie.ag offers fast, no-hassle payouts when you win. So join now, and just as they have all season for Kane Sport Live listeners, MyBookie will match your initial deposit with a 100% bonus. Use the promo code Canes, C-A-N-E-S, to activate the offer. So visit MyBookie.ag today or call 844-900-BETS. That's 844-900-BETS. Use the promo code Canes, and they will match your initial deposit with a 100% bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Whether you're an expert or you're a rookie, you got to check out MyBookie. That's MyBookie.ag, casino, sportsbook, racebook, something for everybody. Go to MyBookie.ag and sign up today. And remember, use the code Canes to collect your 100% bonus. All right, 646-595-2048 is our number. 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out now to the 757 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? I hear the baby going once. Oh, my life. All right, you got to call back. Sorry about that. Got to be a little quicker at the trigger. Let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. <laughs> Hey Gary, you cut me off last time. I wasn't Sorry about done that. yet. It wasn't on purpose. It's Adam. No, I understand. Um, yeah, sorry about that, Adam. Yeah, of... yeah, we had a little technical issue in the middle of your call. So go ahead and finish. What else did you have? Uh, just a 
couple other questions. There's a receiver out at Central um, who's a four-star, um, according to Rivals, who's currently committed to Illinois. Um, Miami doesn't have any interest in him, do they? Because, I as you said, we have – I can't I remember the kid's can. name. Okay. Um also, and this just came across the wire, with Oregon firing Mark Helfrich, does that put McKitty back in play? Does that put, wait, does that put who back? Oh, McKitty and the tight end in recruiting? Well, he's always been yeah. in play. I don't think yeah, he ever it, it, not in play. I just, uh, I just okay. don't know if he's looking to go to Miami. It, 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 it doesn't look like he's looking to go to Miami. Uh, okay. I was just wondering because I know that the way his skill set looked on his video, we could uh, split him out wide to do a tight end, to do similar to Njoku. And um, personally, I don't think Njoku's ready to come out after this year. Even his long touchdown pass from Kaya, the catch wasn't even clean. Well, it depends. Adam, it depends. He's ready to come out if being a second-round draft pick is good enough for him. Okay. If that's good enough for him, then he's ready to come out because that's probably what he what he would be. Uh, okay. No, I'm I'm saying like another year, and I'm thinking he could go mid to late first if he uh, builds yeah, upon he this could. year. That is accurate. If he comes back next year and they throw him the ball a little bit more and he's able to show off his skills a little bit more, there's a chance he would be a first-round pick. Yes, I agree with that. Okay. And um, two more questions. One, um, do you see Kaya coming out after this year or coming back? What's your gut say? Because I, I know Trubisky is probably going. I, I see him Sorry, coming back. That, that, that's certainly not a definitive opinion by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it could go either way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think he's got a, a real solid family to help him through that process. I think what he's going to find is that there's very mixed opinions in the National Football League right now on him. And it might be a big, a little bit too big of a gamble to come out right now. And um, la- uh, last question. Um, who are some other – are we still going after Roach and some of those other lesser-known DBs? Because I, I think, Roach think is, the coach I think it looks It looks to us like Roach is kind of like back burner right now. You know, they're okay. not pulling and the trigger there. With- I, I think they think that some of these other kids they're recruiting are better. You know, the, you know Brian Edwards, C.J. Henderson, and they're, they're waiting to let that play out before they get to the Kahim Roaches and Antoine Colliers. What about the kid Smith up in Jacksonville? Because wasn't he a corner we were looking at? He, he, he's a safety. You're talking about Derek Smith from Trinity. He's a safety. Yeah. Uh, we, we think he's a plan B guy too. And, and the central receiver that you're asking about that's committed to Illinois yeah. is Carmoni, Carmoni Green. For whatever reason, yeah. Amy has never really been recruiting him. Um, maybe he has great issues, not sure. But Miami's never really been recruiting him. No, Well, the only reason I asked is he is, he, again, and even the rating, he seems like he's a taller receiver, the Carboni Green, and he's right uh, in Miami's I mean, backyard. He's six one. Okay, and the Rodney Scott, and real quick, the Rodney Scott ship has sailed as well. Like uh, he committed that. a while ago. Pretty sure okay. that was. Sick. All right, Adam. Because hey, sorry we connected you earlier. 
Uh, don't worry about it. Have a great rest of the show. Yeah, everything just went haywire for a couple minutes, but glad we were able to get you back on the show and give us a call next week. Let's go to the 404. You're live Hold on, on Kane Sports Live. Garrett, how you doing, man? Doing great. Who's this? This is Roland. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing? What about um, the kid? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You got the floor. What about um, um, Brian Edwards? I think they, that's definitely a big pickup. I think they really need to lock lock him down. What's your thoughts I on that? I think they made a lot of headway with him yesterday. I, I, they, I think so they visited the house. Things went very well. Um you could read the story on canesport.com. It's there from yesterday. And, um, you know, I think they made a lot of headway. Yeah, I, I think he would be a, a very good a pickup. Um, corner, corner, safety, uh, just as a hybrid type of guy, I, I think that would, that would be huge. Um, and uh, Henderson, anything on Henderson, I think that – I mean, I, I would try to get all those guys if, if, if they can, you know. Yeah, I mean they're they're trying very hard to turn to to get him back in the camp too. Uh, that one I don't feel as good about. I mean it's going to be I think that one's going to be a little tougher. Okay, okay. Any any uh, deep tackles? Any prospect? Any 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 uh, new deep 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 tackles that that may come up that 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 may be kind of sleepers? Uh, not at the moment. Um, I don't think there's anything new. Let me let me. Uh, do a real quick check here on on my list and, and make sure there's that there's nothing new that we haven't talked about on the show in the past. Um, there's the kid out of Hampton, Virginia, Elijah Conliffe, who might visit UM, yeah. but you know, um, you know, not sure how much is going on there. Uh, there was yeah. a kid in Carolina, Matthew Butler, uh, Rick and Cool went to see him play before the NC State game. Apparently, has an offer. Um, that's that's a new name that's come up. Um, and, and Gary, quick, quick question. So this is what I can't understand. Two things. Yeah. How is it that Miami can't get Judy or Smith? Just either one of them. Just tell me how. How they can't get either one of those guys? Well, Judy's been locked into me. Bama ever since Calvin Ridley went to Bama. You know, he and Calvin okay, Ridley what are about tight. Smith? Uh, Smith's become a little weird, man. I mean, he's kind of gone underground the last month or so, and there's word that LSU's been doing a good job on him and trying to get him to stay home. And so we'll see. It's, it's you know, it's LSU, Bama, or Miami. But I mean, we haven't heard anything positive in terms of Miami in a few months. So I don't know. That doesn't look good. And what about Mike Rump? How, how would you rate him? What kind of grade would you give him as far as recruiting? Mike Rump? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been unbelievable. I, I think the job he did. With those corners this year, oh no! I mean, I, from coach, yeah, definitely from, from the from the coach from a coaching perspective, but from a recruiting standpoint. Well, I mean, he's out there recruiting all these DBs that they're they're working hard on. It's getting some of them. I mean, he, him and Banda are working together on all the DBs. I like Banda, yeah. So okay. I mean, you know, you got to remember this is Mike Rum's first go round. He's never been a college coach before. <laughs> So, he seems to be doing okay. And, and what about uh, Herndon? Uh, should he go slot right right into the uh, tight end position, position next year? That he'd be perfect fit. Yeah, no, he should no be question. right. Okay. I think you'd see Herndon playing there. I think I think you'd see this Palendi kid playing there. And don't sleep on Giovanni Haskins. 
I got to see more of him okay. in spring, but but I, I like the looks of that kid. Okay, okay, and then uh, McFarland, you see, that you think there's a good, pretty good shot on that? Yeah, I think there's a very good chance that with McFarland. Okay, 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 and let's try to think what else. Uh, um, I'll tell you this, and you you might disagree with me on this, but I think I think that. Um, with Carter moving on, and I know you were big on Jenkins, I think that's a good thing for the simple fact that we need some new guys at, at free and strong safety because there was a lot of plays. There was a lot of deep, um, big plays that that, that were, uh, uh, I don't know if it was miscommunication or what. You know, I wish those guys the best, but we need we need some guys in there that, that can get better communication, a little bit, a little bit, more fluid, fluidity, not not as stealthy, and and, and guys that can go get it. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Wait, I, I'm I'm misunderstanding your question. Say it again. I say Carter and Jenkins. I know you said Jenkins had a good year, but I said I think it's better for for the for as far as DBs for Carter to be gone and Jenkins. I think it's good for them. Well, they're for them to have they're both gone. Uh, yeah, and no, I know that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm talking about guys that are coming in. I thought Carter, I mean, I thought he was okay. I, I don't think he was great. I don't think he was good this year. I thought he was just okay. You're going to miss and, his physicality, man. I'm telling you, that kid, I mean, I agree with you. He, he wasn't off the charts great. No, but Gary, that, that kid wasn't. brought a lot of physicality to the secondary. Yeah, Jaquan I Johnson matches physicality. Yeah, yeah, I agree with, with Jaquan. But 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 um, we'll see, man. We'll see. Like I said, it's gonna be interesting to see what um, what that back half looks look, looks like going into next year. So I don't know, man. But I feel good. I do feel good about what they have coming in, and just overall that whole uh, uh, defense. I think it's gonna be uh, even better. So. All right, Roland. Uh, give us a call next week. Yep, man. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right, guys, we've got about a half hour of show left, so um, still got a lot of guys on hold that want to get on, so let's try to shoot through these. Let's go to the 443. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? 443, going once, going twice. All right, you're going to have to call back. Let's go to the 773. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's Billy and Austin. How are you? What's up, Billy? How you doing this week? I'm well. I've not been. This is my first time on all year. Um, so if I ask some of the questions that have already been answered, I, I apologize in advance. Um, I guess the one question I had was, um, how is the culture among the team going through the transition? You know, between coaches. I think it's been great. You know, I mean, when you consider the tough times they went through, and you know, some of the obviously personnel decisions they've had to make, where you know, younger kids were playing over older kids and stuff like that. I, I think it's been great. Okay. These you know, guys really, like, they, they like these coaches. And that's, you know, one thing that I was big on last year, as you recall, is I feel like the guys always quit playing on defense because they didn't believe they were being set up for success. And now we have kind of a 180, and it seems like they, they played with a lot more fire, a lot more passion, and really believed with what they were being told to do, and, and, and obviously the numbers don't lie. No doubt about it. Um, from a coaching staff, 
who do you feel like from a position coach or in coordinator involved, who has kind of been our our top guy um, in regards to, uh, to to doing their job this past year? Wow. I, I can't pick one guy. I, I mean, you know, I mean, just the whole defensive staff's been unbelievable. I mean, every single one of them. I mean, I, I don't know how you pick one guy. I mean, obviously, you, you know, Manny is, is getting the most accolades. He's he's not training sure. for the Broyles Award because he was the leader of the defense, the coordinator. Sure. And, and so, you know, so he's he's getting, you know, the most love in that regard. But, I mean, you're going to diminish the job that Rumpf and Banta did with the DBs, I mean, the job that Kuligowski did with the D-linemen. And, I mean, you know, the, the whole defensive staff to me was off the charts great this year. Um, offensively, uh, I thought Dugan's, you know, great. What a, what a job he did developing Amon Richards. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they got the best year out of Stacey Coley that he's had at Miami, uh, even with all his knuckleheaded nonsense, you know, and all his penalties and, Mm-hmm. And you know, so 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 forth and so on. Um, so you know, I, I think you got to like the job he did. Uh, Thomas Brown. There certainly was nothing wrong with the running back production this year. I nope. thought that was pretty good. Um, you know, I thought Mark Rick did a decent job with Brad Kaya. Uh, you know, there was that point in the middle of the season where you know maybe the play calling could have been a little bit better, and they went through some pains there, but. Um, so really, but how nice, the whole, it, how nice the whole is it to staff, see? I mean, okay. I mean, if you feel like it's the whole staff, that's fine. I was just going to say to your point. I mean, how nice was it to see an actual adjustment made, unlike the previous five years? I mean, that was, to me, extremely refreshing, and it showed that we, unlike the past decade, were able to win in November. No doubt. Um, who is the best recruiter we have on staff pound for pound? I was going to kind of make my, my question a little easier. Who's the best hands-on coach and then who's the best recruiter? You answered it up and down for the job that they did, but who do you feel like if we had to go close one guy, who do you want going in that living room? Wow. 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 Um, Dugans seems to really be able to make a connection with kids. Um, pretty, pretty darn well. Um, so I'd say him. Um, I think Banda is a young coach that has a really strong passion for the challenge mm-hmm. of recruiting and, and puts the work in. Um, I would throw his name out there. Um, Kuligowski seems to, you know, he's, he's like kind of sneaky in the recruiting game, but, you know, seems to be able to have some success. Um, haven't seen a ton from Manny Diaz in recruiting, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Yep. Say him just yet. Um, let me think. Uh, Thomas Brown, I think, has the capability to be that kind of guy. Uh, just doesn't seem to be recruiting a lot of kids. Um, you know, that would be about that. That would be probably the, the first ones I would mention. Okay. So let me shift over to recruiting real quick. I know you want to get through some calls here. Um, I'm just going to go off of the rivals website. Feels. Is recruiting shifting for us? You know, I'm, I'm hearing, looking at a lot of these names, a lot of South Florida kids, which is good, but we're still kind of stuck at that three-star level player for the majority. Um, and it also has a little bit of old regime feel to it. And we've lost this Edwards kid, this Henderson kid now, this the rumors of Donaldson. It, it feels kind of like it has for the last decade all over again. Can you elaborate on, I guess, your insight on that or your take on that if – 
Hi, this is I, I, I think we got to see how it ends. I think we have to see how it ends. I, you know, I don't think we can make that judgment in the in the in the throes of recruiting. You, you've got two months here to go, and kids are going to come. Kids are going to go. The, 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 you, they're going to have to slug it out for some kids. You know, if you lose if you lose Donaldson to FSU, that's devastating. Um, you know, losing a kid like Judy is devastating. But like I said, that one was done before these coaches even got yeah. to Miami. Um, you know, so I think you just got to see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, obviously you want Edwards, you want C.J. Henderson, and if you can't get them back and you lose them, you know, that's devastating. Those are better players from your back from your backyard, and and you're right that you know we we've seen that way too much here. So I don't think you could sit here at the end of November. And make a judgment on it or make a comment on it. I think we got to wait and see how all this plays out. Well, I guess my last question is, you know, you mentioned how good Dugans is. We're struggling with wide receivers. You mentioned how good Banda and Rumpf are. We're struggling. All the callers before me have been wide receiver DB. The one question, the one thing that we haven't talked about is offensive line coach. Um, That's our biggest need. And it doesn't feel great. You know, we just got to, you know, again, I'm, being a rivals guy here, two-star kid today, which where are why you know as much as demand is, he's we have probably there, you though think... he was a two-star kid coming out of last year. He, in, in fairness, and I don't know if they'll adjust him or not. He's probably a three-star kid now. Again, as much demand as we have on that, I mean, anyone that watched a Miami game in October, any recruits like, man, I could go there and play from day one. A couple college asked about Donaldson playing day one at FSU to here. And that's obviously a huge selling point. Why is it, you know, Keo was never a great recruiter. Is this Cyril's guy and he's just not a good recruiter? I mean, what, why are we not hearing or getting the traction that we desperately need? Um, I don't know. You know, I think I, we, we have. I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that question. I don't have the answer for you. Okay. That's fair enough. I mean, two months to, to, to let it fly. And obviously listening to you, it sounds like uh we should be a lot more optimistic with an eight-win season on a win streak and, and, a, and a competent staff going into uh, the final stretch here, I guess is what I'm taking away from you. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's all I got. Thanks for your time. All right, man. Thanks for coming back to the show. Give us a call again next time. Let's go to the 318. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? It's just uh, Port City Kane. Uh, just have enjoyed the show. Uh, thus far and all that I've heard and uh, just just got a couple of comments, probably not a lot of questions and I agree with you uh, with the sentiment that you had that it's too much to go in recruiting and uh, you know, whatever you hear about a player you know, I want to hear from the horse's mouth you know, and when it comes down to it at the end of the day, you know it, it's not what happens at the end of November but it's what happens at the beginning of February that either is going to put smiles on people's faces or frowns on their faces. And, you know, we got to give our staff a chance. And then another thing is you in high cotton. You know, you you going after athletes that everybody wants and who have positioned themselves to get the praise and the adoration of a number of programs. And it's not going to be easy. You know, it's not going to be easy to do that because they've got options. They put themselves in that position, but, you know, when we get down to it, everybody wants Jerry Judy. Everybody wants LeVon Dunlap. Everybody wants Brian Edwards. But when it comes down to it, we have to understand that these kids are making a critical decision 
that's going to affect the rest of certainly the rest of their football lives, but may even uh, affect the rest of their lives. And then we just have to take a breath, take a deep breath. And it's just like if your team down by 14 points with five minutes to go, you just have to take a deep breath and realize it's one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, and just go through it and go through. Because if we sit up here and listen to every little grapevine talk or uh, every little locker room talk that somebody has, then, you know, you discouraged all the time. But when you go down to it, I just trust that when Navon Donaldson sits down there and Brian Edwards, C.J. Henderson, they sit down that they see coaches that's genuine, that care about them, and that they're well positioned to have a great career here uh, down at Miami. And another thing is is that we look at our top-end guys and our difference makers. But when you look at it, what this team is missing, also I said it last week, it's just competent players. Guys who make the routine play, and you got a, about 20% of your lineup that's not even viable, at least 20% of it. And if you if you just get to the point to where you got viable, competent players, I mean, you've improved the roster and improved your chances. Greatness. I think they had competent players this year in most spots. You don't? Well, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is competent in, in terms of being able to go into a game and make a routine play. When you got – what I mean by that, not not the not the guys who playing all the time, but I'm saying you don't have enough depth in the roster to go in the deep water when it comes down to – just like you say, when we played Florida State, when we came out of, that, out of that game, we weren't just emotionally deflated. We were physically deflated because – it's just like this. When you start looking at the numbers of players parading with versus the number of players that we're operating with, we're not operating at a number of players to say that we can, that for those next two or three weeks, that we can come in and, and conduct our roster and come through with wins because we, we, don't, we only have five or seven offensive linemen. You know, and you, whereas if you had two or three more offensive linemen in their rotation, then and you could run the ball a lot better, you probably pull those games out because you're not making a you're making you making some boneheaded mistakes. But I'm just saying you still need to control the ball just a little bit better. And then what I'm saying, and then we when you go in there and you talking about looking at our roster and saying, Hey, you got five guys on the offensive line that, you know, need to just go somewhere else because their career they're never gonna play here in Miami. Then that's that's problematic. That comes from the previous regime that was there. But the main thing that I would just say to people just we have to just calm down, let this thing play out, see how how it goes. Because you know you can say, uh, man, it's, it's it's cloudy outside, but it hadn't started raining yet. So you know you ain't got that <laughs> yet. And so you know what I'm saying it's cloudy outside. It's impending, but it hadn't. And, and if we hear every word on the street or what. Uh, the grapevine is saying or stuff like that, then we get all lost up in it. I think we were impressive coming back at that, and I'm hurrying up to get out of it, but we were impressive finishing those four games. And in the last four years, I doubt if we could have beat a team like North Carolina State or we could have dominated a team like Pitt. We just didn't have it in us. And when you look at it, uh, winning and building a winning program and a sustainable program, I'm not talking about you got one year 
like Auburn had, and then now you in disarray. I'm talking about winning year after year after year after year after year means that every year you got to be hitting on your recruits. And not only that, you got to get good people, not just good players, but good people because the, the good people are going to stay eligible. The good people are going to be in the position to do that. And a lot of times we've lost games not to better players, but to just in some instances that they, 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 they are just more consistent. I would say to Njoku, I hope he comes back. And the real reason why I hope he comes back is no turning back when you get in the NFL. And you can't drop balls in the NFL. You got to be the same player every time. And it's a fine line between a playoff team and a team that's dra- drafting in the top five. It's a fine line because it's a whole lot of games, a whole lot of parity there. And any drop pass could lead, you know, to a downturn in the season. And that's all I got to say, Gary. All right, man. Hey, thanks for the call and thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gear, how you doing, man? I got hung up on earlier. It's Antoine. Hey, what's up, Antoine? What you got for us, man? Uh, man, I just had a, a few quick points. Um, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, the, the guy that's talking about Mujoku, I'm gonna tell you. Uh, what's gonna happen now? And I hate to even say it, but I know this is how it's gonna play out. Okay. Njoku's not going to go second round. What's going to happen is New England is going to steal him at the end of the first round before he was supposed to go in the second, and the NFL is going to have nightmares. That's number one. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, second thing, Brad Kaya, uh ain't ready for the NFL. If it's anything uh, I can watch NFL football every weekend and see is the pocket the one word you can say is chaos in that pocket. In a, in a week where you saw Russell Wilson get sacked six times, part of the, one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, when you see stuff like that every week and you see that pocket just getting collapsed and pushed and all over the place, Brad Kaya ain't ready for that animal. Brad Kaya going there and fold like a tent. He's not ready for that. So he need to come back for that because he ain't ready for that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, he ain't ready for that. that, 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 that that's a whole other animal. Um, but uh, as far as these recruits are parents, um, Levon Donaldson's mom had a comment, and it was on a it was on a recruiting website, and I looked at it and I kind of shook my head as into the knowledge or lack thereof uh, of the parents going through this recruiting process when they're picking schools and talking about potential destinations for their children. Um. She was talking about Florida State and the degree in education you can get with it from there. And I looked at the I looked at the computer screen sideways like a dog, like, Ugh. and I said to myself, it's you got Miami, Florida, USF, and UCF, the the big Division One college footballers in this state, and Florida State. Florida State is the worst education out of all of them. I mean, the bottom. Oh, that's fair. No, listen to me. If you look at the national ratings for those, I mean schools, Miami and Florida would be the Miami and Florida would be the top two. No, and I'm then, not. Uh, then I think I'm not talking. Florida. I'm not talking about for football. I'm talking about for education. Florida no, State I'm talking about education is the, too. I don't think they're the worst no, state. I mean, okay, look, when we get off the phone, we I'll call you next week. Look it up. UCF and the uh, USF degree are a uh, a better degree than, than Florida State. Bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Okay, so she talking about education. I don't know what she talking about. Okay. Probably some money going on like your boy talked about earlier. We ain't going to talk about that. Um, that being said, 
Um, I want to say something about uh, our our wide receiver recruiting uh, as a whole. Um, I'm bare, no, no, I'm very disappointed in it, but I wanted to talk about DJ Dallas. I'm going to get off this call real quick. DJ Dallas, I think DJ Dallas is the ball-hawking, playmaking, free safety that we've been missing. I don't think he's a cornerback. I think he's a safety. He plays uh, high school quarterback now, and I don't think – you know, he's not a high-level quarterback. He, you know, he's probably the best athlete on his team, so he's doing that out of necessity. But he has a, a, a vague or small insight into what a quarterback's trying to accomplish from every play because he's, he's a quarterback. So having that guy playing free safety would be a guy that make a lot of plays because I think, he, he's, a, I think he, he's just an instinctual player that will make plays just because of his instincts and knowing a little bit about the quarterback. So I don't think he should be a cornerback. I don't think he should be a receiver. I think he should be a safety. So, if if, if that's how do you like that they how do you in, like him as a receiver? Not as much as I like him as a safety. I, I think I think that guy could be. What was who was the last playmaking ball hawking free safety he had? I think he would be that guy. Literally, like that guy. That's the guy. Not Edwards. Not uh, uh, um, who we got on the roster now? Not uh, Jaquan Johnson. Uh, I think they should move. Um, Cedric well uh, red wine to safety because he's too so play cornerback. But that kid, just like you said, it's just something about that kid. That kid will be the light on Ed Reed or Sean Taylor. Not not as good as those guys because those guys are all timers. But he'll be the guy that makes a play that J- Jamal Carter dropped when he should have picked that ball up on, on Notre Dame. All right, man, I'm gone. I want to say that to you and uh, have a, uh, you have a good one, man. And uh, go okay. All right, man, thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, we've got a few more people that still want to get on tonight. I'm going to try to shoot through them quick. Keep your comments tight. It's late. Uh, let's go to the 3-2-1. You're on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How's it going? Going good. Who's this? This is Al. I called a few weeks ago for the first time. Um, just have a quick question. I was here. I saw that uh, Helfrich just got fired from Oregon. Um, yep. And some of, the, some of the names that were coming up, uh, one, one of which that's been floating out there, because I guess he has uh, Pacific Northwest ties, is McIlwain from Florida. Do you know anything about no, that? Or? Nothing. No, no, nothing at all. I mean, no. uh, it wouldn't shock me because they're not real happy with him at Florida. You know, he's not doing great at Florida, so it wouldn't shock me if he considered leaving there. Do you think if, do you think if that did happen, I know, you know, this is pure speculation, but uh, – you know, that that would probably obviously help them with Henderson and I guess even Telford, even though, you know, that doesn't yeah, really look like a possibility now. But, you know, you'd think they'd yeah. be thrilled with McIlwain because he's in the, AC, in the SEC title game. But, you know, they they got a long way to go. You saw how badly they got beat by Florida State. And uh, they still have a few years left of rebuilding there. And, and uh, if I were him, I'd be a little nervous about whether they were going to stick with me. And if Oregon came in with enough money, I, I'd think about it. Yeah, and I mean, SEs, to be honest, I, I just don't think that that's that good of a division this year. So, you know, it's always good to win your division. We haven't done it. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's a down division. And uh, just one more quick thing, um, you know, when I called a few weeks back, I kind of, you know, was in the midst of <laughs> our offensive line not playing well. And, you know, I got to, I got to, you know, not totally eat crow because it's not like we have an amazing line, but I think Searles has done a great job, you know, improving. So in terms of that, I think that's probably the most improved unit on the team 
in my opinion, at least. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to that far. I mean, I, th- I think they well, did a from, nice from job. Begin- from, the first, from the first game to the last game, you don't think they've improved? They, they, no, they, they, I think they have, and I think the, the backups that had to come in and play were especially improved and did a great job. Am I going to call it the most improved position on the team? I'm not really yeah, good well, at They had some tough times okay. during the year. Yeah I, yeah, I was just thinking about how just bad they looked, I guess. But, yeah, you're, you're right. Probably not the most you know, improved yeah. position on the team. But, um, but, yeah, that's all I got. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thanks for having right, me on. You got it. Give us a call next time. Let's go to the 917. You're on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, twice. All right, you give us a call next week. Let's go to the 954. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's JJ 9913. What's up, man? What you got for us? Oh, um,. Well, I've been enjoying the um, pieces you've been publishing about the uh, recruiting updates. That's been uh, really good news, good updates. Um, I missed the earlier part of the talk show, so you guys might have covered it. Uh question I had is, like, as far as the Canes, you know, like the uh, juniors, like Kaya, uh, Joe Yerby, Najoku, that they're talking about leaving to go early, in your crystal ball, you know, and from what you're hearing of the three of them, which ones do you feel – probably would stay, or which ones do you feel probably would go, you know, if you just had to do a prediction? I think Kaya, you know, is probably the most likely to stay of the three. Okay. Just because of, you know, the, the, the upside next year, getting better, working under Mark Richt, and potentially, if things go well, maybe making a run for the Heisman and, you know, things like that, so... Well, that'd be nice. I really hope we could keep Njoku. You know that we we would just be so explosive. But you know, all signs point towards you know probably you know he'll uh, you know leave early probably. Uh, um, okay. Another question I had. So this is on the recruiting side. Um, you know, I've been looking at the updates. Um, as far as like some of the recruits that we were going after, and you know, right now you know remain committed to other schools, but they were like, let's say at one point you know, really looking at Miami. Have you heard anything about us still being in the mix with, like, the Sean Davis kid out of Southridge? I saw something where it said he's, like, leading, I believe it's the team or either the state with, like, eight interceptions. So he's somebody I really wish we would have, like, a bigger corner. He's, like, what, six one one ninety five. Yeah, we have that anything we have about him? No, we have not. Okay. Okay, gotcha. And then others that I was shocked when I saw the piece about the Cyrus Fagan kid what do you feel about the chances that he really is that interested in Miami that, you know, it could be a flip from, what is it, Florida State? What do you think about that? Um, it, it's too soon to really give you an opinion on that. that. That's kind of been developing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, let's see if he visits on the 10th. If he visits on the 10th, that means there's legitimate interest. Gotcha. Uh, one other question with um, respect to, like, the fullback position and recruiting, I know they're looking at well, – what's is not looking at Burns. Robert Burns looks like he's in the fold, you know, all ready to go. And then I guess they're looking at McFarland. Anybody else as far as, like, a bigger size running back slash fullback, or do you think Miami's going away from that whole fullback thing? You know, like they experimented this season. They kind of after game, what, four or five, just kind of uh, ixnated – what's his name? Uh, Marquez Williams and that whole aspect of the fullback coming out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, I think they would love to find the fullback. 
Uh, I just don't know that we know who that is right now. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, some of the remember names I looked up. I kept... Remember how late they got Marquez Williams last year? You might see something similar. Oh, okay. Good point, good point. Yeah, because I was looking at some of the fullbacks that are out there, and I'm like, it's not many. I know they well, – what's this guy? Um, Nobody plays it with a fullback in high school anymore. Yeah, everything's spread. Wow. Well, I wish they would stock the shelf with maybe one more, you know, good-sized back because, you know, I guess Gus – what's his name? Gus Edwards would be a senior – um, on the roster, they don't really have anybody else of like, let's say, over 210 pounds, and you know, maybe as big as uh, five eleven or six feet. So they really wouldn't have a big guy now unless they use like a tight end. Yeah. Don't wow. know. Don't know what the plan is there yet. Gotcha. Okay, right. yeah, just wanted to uh, call in, but thank you very much. Good information on recruiting updates. I've been really enjoying that. You got it, man. Thank you so much. Give us a call again next week. All right, let's go to 202. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Kane's fan from D.C. All right, man. What you got real quick? Uh, nothing much. Uh, the other uh, caller, like, I think uh, the two callers before this one was real good about the whole New England thing. I was I was laughing and stuff like that. Overall, man, the season overall was great because, uh, you know, the staff did a great job because most of these kids, man, they never recruit them. It was not actually there, you know. It's like you're working on a machine, and it's not your machine, so you're not familiar with it. So at the end of the day, you know, the staff did a great job, and then I can't wait for, you know, like two years from now how the team is going to look. I think the team is going to look excellent two years from now. I can't wait for it. So overall, I'm happy with, you know, I'm happy with the whole season. And then, um, we, and then next year, the team is going. The team is going to look extra real nice. That's all I got to say. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. And last call tonight. Let's go to the nine seven three. You're live on King Sport Live. Gary, don't forget about the kid evidence at the wide receiver spot. You're saying that we don't have a lot of wide receivers coming. Don't forget about. Oh, I have forgot about him. He's got. He's got a stick, and he's got to show up. So we'll see. Well, just include him into. That's why Dallas should be moved to the defense. Yeah, I like. I mean, I love his. I love him on tape, but I think Dallas is going to end up at receiver. Just my personal opinion. We'll see. The guy made a good point by saying um, him from going to the the safety spot. I like that call. I like that call. But don't forget about evidence. I think we have enough wide receivers, Harry. I think we do. We'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks for calling in. All right, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. I uh, want to thank everybody who participated. Good show. Sorry for that minor little technical glitch in hour number two. Uh, we'll smack around the, uh, the the little mice that run the whole operation and uh, hope it doesn't happen again. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday night to pick up where we left off. There were some topics and stuff submitted that I didn't get to tonight. The ones I didn't get to, I'll hold for next week, and we'll pick up from there. Um, once again, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week.